Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Hype Function. I'm your host, Jeffrey White, and we are here on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We are here to discuss Star Wars Celebration London. That's right, everybody. We just had a Star Wars celebration, which is crazy because I went there, went to celebration just like 10 or 11 months ago. It feels like it just happened. So it just feels crazy. But there's been a whole slew of Star Wars news and we still have the Mandalorian content and so many Star Wars things to look forward to. So I'm your host, Jeffrey White. I love Star Wars, video games, music, superhero films, and some combination thereof. And um, I got a couple of, this is a very special episode today, folks, because I got um, a couple of very special guests joining me today to give our unique perspectives on Star Wars. I'm so excited. So let me introduce my first guest. You know him, you love him. He's been on almost every episode of this awesome podcast. I Amazing person. And um, he's part of Culture Slate, host of Intergalactic Peace Coalition, and the founder of the Star Wars Underworld. It's the famous host of the Connection Corner himself, Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. And I am forever not worthy of these just incredible <laughs> intros that you give me every single time. Um, look, if you ask me on this podcast one more time, I'm going to start demanding part of the profits. Okay, <laughs> I. <clears throat> so um, I think it's just it's it's too much. It's too much. No, it's not too much. It's never too much. Um, I will come on. Literally, I will never say no to you, Jeff. So so don't stop asking. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. A lot's been happening, guys. A lot has been happening. Um, we got Star Wars Celebration. Oh, so much happened. Um, and then and then it's not stopping because like we've got like two weeks, and then May the fourth is here. Um, so we'll have more Star Wars to talk about. Um, yeah, Star Wars is dead. <laughs> it's dead in the most alive way. <laughs> oh man, I can think of many puns for that. But uh, yeah, well, always great to have you here, as always, Ben. Always love hearing your insights. And um, can't wait to see what we'll learn today about Star Wars. But let me introduce this next guest because this is this is unique here. This is her very first time on Hype Function. Believe it or not, Ripley's believe it or not, <laughs> I have never had yeah I've never had this special guest on Hype Function before. And I apologize that it took me this long because she's done some incredible things. Okay, so she started her YouTube channel called The Rayside, and she has this like incredible video series. Where it's like a Twitch streamer. We're in just chatting mode where she is either just like talking to her community or making Lego sets or like, you know, engaging whatever Star Wars thing hypes her up. And her passion for Star Wars is infectious. And I, I like to believe that's the reason why Ben and the Underworld crew hired her on as a co-host of the Star Wars Underworld. So it's the Ray side mm -hmm. herself. Hannah. Yeah. It's Hannah Ray side. How you doing, Hannah? Oh, good day there. What an intro. Oh my God. I think I feel like I could take over the world now. Oh my God. I think, Hannah, I think we just need to hire Jeff just to come on the Star Wars yeah. World Pod just for the just, first five minutes, just to introduce yeah. us all. Just like every week. <laughs> and coming up next, it's function. the incredible, it's the amazing <laughs> Dominic Jones. I'm like, wow, okay. Oh, you're the hype guy, Jeff. That's that's I get why you've called it hype function now, because you're the you're the best hype guy I've ever heard. My Man, God. I, I just there's something about watching Star Wars when you're nine years old, as little Jeffrey was, and just watching it on Spike TV and being like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. That lightsaber looks so cool. And then my friend shows me the old Star Wars Battlefront 2, and it just it just takes off. And then all these years later on podcasts, I'm just like talking about, it. I, you know, I... 
I think that's just why, because Star Wars just embraces, it just brings those emotions out of me. And I like, you know, I know it brings emotions out of you guys every Thursday night, but like, it's, you know, it's so incredible just how Star Wars can bring us together. And I think Star Wars Celebration is the perfect venue for that because, you know, I, you know, the three of us here on the show today, we have a unique perspective because last year, last May for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022, we were all there. We all went yeah. there, did the yeah. panels, did all that fun stuff. Um, I, I got a few autographs. It was great. But um, this year, we had another Star Wars celebration in London. They keep calling it Europe, but uh, it's London. Uh, yeah. It's London. yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. But um, it's like you don't call Celebration Anaheim Celebration in America. You know? Didn't but, uh, they have a thing that, like a, a few months ago where they said they weren't part of Europe? Like, isn't that wasn't that a thing recently? Yeah, what, what happened so, to Brexit? Wasn't that- yeah. So, so like, I, I can they really call it Celebration Europe? Like, no, no, we don't. Just, we no, no, we do not associate with those people. That was totally a British accent, by the way. <laughs> I uh, Ben Hart, the accent guy. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Spot on. what's interesting, if correct me if I'm wrong, but is it? I believe the three of us we did not go to Celebration this year. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. From home, didn't we? We were all up at ungodly hours of the night trying to watch it live. I only watched one panel. That was it. (laughs) Watched the the Bad Batch panel at five a.m. in bed. That's what I did. Other than that, I just watched. I just watched the live stream. I just watched it after the fact, like during work. I (laughs) I have a. I work eight to five, Ben. I I have an office job now. Like, oh no, I don't have the energy to wake up at five, man. Oh, I didn't either. I just, I, Star Wars is the only thing that I will lose sleep over willingly. That's true. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel bad that, well, I guess that was, when we watched Obi Wan Kenobi last year, we were up to like 1 a.m., weren't we? Yeah. Cause like we did the, you're talking about the premiere, right? Or, uh, we yeah. Were, I'm right. Well, after the IHOP show and then right, we went so, to your hotel yeah, room. Yes, there was right, all the, was all out. the loyal people went to IHOP and didn't <laughs> skip out on us. Um, and, uh, they, we, all, we stay, we stayed the entire time and, and then watched Obi-Wan Kenobi afterwards, um, way later because, cause and during the show we're doing the podcast and they're like, oh yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi just, the, the premiere just, they just dropped it on Disney plus and we all look at each other we're like, we better do the show now because everyone's going to leave. And you still had a good crowd, but with all those memories that still feel so recent, I sometimes it feels like it's yesterday to me. How do how did you feel overall about this year's Star Wars celebration? And um, I think Hannah, I want to go to you first because your your tale is unique in that you know you're not just going from one side of the country; you're going from one side of the world. That's what you did last year. You went from one side of the world to the other, going to california and now that it's like in a different area third of the world and you didn't go like how did you feel overall about celebration in london 2023 yeah absolutely i think um it definitely was a contrast obviously being there in person is is something that is quite hard to describe because of how just magical and wonder it is wondrous it is to to be there in person but i have to say um you know staying up to watch it here in Australia, essentially the, the live stream started at about 8 p.m. And it would go to about 2 a.m. here in Australian time. Um, and I loved getting to stay up and watch watch it live. And 
I, you know, I think it's something we will talk about is the whole contention about watching panels live and they, they didn't do all the panels, but they did do some, which I was actually pretty, pretty happy about. They, they had about one or two that they would stream each day. And I so, so loved it. I really loved the, the online community of, uh, who was staying up and who was watching it live on live stream. Um, that to, to the point where it's like, I, like, I feel bad for saying it because I did so love being there in person last year, but it really rivaled the emotion, uh, just being online, just being on social platforms and talking to people about it live going, Oh my God, did you just hear this drop? And you know, uh, all those kinds of things. And I, I really felt quite sad once it finished after the fourth day and going, Oh geez, that's over. That was, that was a whirlwind. And to be honest, with with the amount of uh, like announcements, I actually felt like there was more happening at this year's celebration. Uh, you know, the movie news was pretty massive, and you know, Daisy Ridley being back was just such a massive moment in itself. Uh, you know, along with the Ahsoka trailer, there was news coming out about Acolyte. There's skeleton crew news coming out. Like there was really a lot happening, and in my kind of uh, perspective. I, f- I feel like there was actually a lot more happening of, of news and interest than last year's celebration. Last year's celebration was fantastic celebrating Kenobi, but apart from like an Andor teaser trailer, I felt like we got a lot more news and interesting kind of pieces of uh, of content out from this celebration. So that's my long-winded way of saying it, w- it was pretty good, even if you weren't there, if you- even if you weren't uh, in London. On that side of the world, I felt like it was still incredibly enjoyable. I think it's interesting. Just want to say this real quick that last year, you know, it, it, Lucasfilm treats it as like it's not just Star Wars. They want to do their other properties as well. So like last year, mm. we had they announced John Williams is going to do Indiana Jones and all that, right. and then um, they had Willow. They had the Willow trailer and the whole cast there and whatnot. Um, and you know, this year um, there was obviously there was there was. Media, press reports that Willow is canceled or is on hiatus at the very least for a right. while. And then um, they they did drop an Indiana Jones trailer again this year, but um, there was less of that like uh, non-Star Wars aspect, I guess. And I wonder if that's like contributing to your feeling about like why it feels more whole per se. Yeah. But um, so well, we'll get into more into some of this later, but uh, Ben, how did you feel uh, overall about Celebration London considering you know, I think we had celebration was in London in 2016 for Rogue One, right. and it was very, at that time it was very different from Force Awakens year, Last Jedi year. With that context applied, what did you think of this celebration? Yeah, I mean, as far as like information wise and excitement wise, you know, it's it was it, it to be so soon after the last celebration, like less than a year, kind of crazy. We got as much as we did, um, and maybe now now that. Hannah mentioned it. I'm like, yeah, there was, I mean, there wasn't a ton of information at the last celebration, especially that celebration was especially devoid of anything to do with movies, which as all of us have become accustomed to in this modern era, like the movies have been kind of the, the keystone to all the announcements. That's the first thing they do. Um, but, you know, since, since 2019, the Mandalorian has been the big thing and that's, that's what's kind of driven everything. Um it was nice to see the movies come back into the forefront and, and, and of course feel like Lucasfilm actually has a plan and they actually know what they're doing. And we're actually maybe kind of sort of might 
get a Star Wars movie in the next few years, maybe at least one. Um, but yeah, a ton of announcements. We've that front hour, like we've got most of the announcements feels like in that first two hours of celebration, which is kind of crazy. Um, but just, you know, it's, it's really exciting. And I think it, it speaks to how much we've got to look forward to over the next years. And also, I guess they knew that there was going to be a celebration for another two years. So they could announce stuff and say stuff's coming and, uh, you know, and cause they're not going to have another chance to do it on stage. But, um, yeah, it was, it's really it's always it really exciting because I'm I've experienced way more celebrations through my phone and computer than I have in person, um, as I think we all have. But um, you know, going away, I remember watching the the John Stewart and George Lucas panel back at Celebration Five on YouTube, like that was a thing, and uh, you know that's that's how I experienced. I I never even dreamed of going to celebration. I was like, ah, I'm never gonna make it to that that thing. And then Lone Bowl 2015 happened, and uh, yeah, and I'm obviously I'm missing it. I'm not missing all the travel and the hassle of that. Um, so I'm kind of glad I had just got got to chill at home and enjoy all of what was happening. I I will admit though, to to piggyback off your point about how soon it's been since the last celebration, like. I, I had the feeling of like, um, remember the, because of the weird COVID year when they pushed the Summer Olympics to 2021? And then yeah. so we had the Summer Olympics then, and then like seven or eight months later was the Winter Olympics. And I'm thinking to myself, this is too soon. Why are we having Olympics already? This should be like a two-year thing. And like, that's how I felt with Celebration. Like I started watching the live stream. And I'm like, oh, I, we're, we're back here already. What? what, what, I, what? <laughs> I still haven't moved on from my emotions from the last one. Um you know, and also, as you know, Ben, I, or you may or may not know, uh, Ben and Hannah, like I love in-person experiences. I love being there like with friends or just to see the actual event going on, especially when it's for my favorite thing, Star Wars. And it, it, it it's never going to be the same to me. So like, I, it wasn't the same for me. There were moments during the live streams where I'm like, oh, they're doing the same tropes as last year. Oh, they're not doing these three panels. They're not live streaming these three panels, kind of like last year. And it just surprised me how much of the same it felt. Like, obviously, they were announcing different stuff. Of course, the things they were talking about were, you know, were often different. But I was surprised by how samey, like, the production felt and, like, the way Celebration was, at least from the outside, um, as far as how they were treating the panels and live streams or whatnot. Um, I So, sorry, I'm not trying to ignore you, Hannah, but when I, I remember specifically talking to Ben last year and we were... Like talking about how we hated that, like the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase was not streamed. That even yeah. when we were on the celebration show floor and we couldn't see it, you had to be there yeah. or on Twitter. Yes. And yeah. so, um, Ben, like, did you have that same kind of feeling this time around? I mean, yeah, they yeah. <clears throat> the whole idea of not streaming the morning panels kind of gets under my skin, even though. I was a pro it was it would have been hard to get up at 5 a.m. and watch every panel. But, you know, just having them there to watch afterwards, I think it's great. I think it's just the whole idea of having this exclusivity thing, it, it's not good for anybody because if you're not going to celebration, obviously you want to be able to see the panels or at least be able to stream them afterwards after they stream. If you are going to this celebration, there is a slim chance you will actually get into the lottery and get into that panel. So you're probably going to want to go to the live stage and watch it or watch it on your phone while you're there. Um, you know, and you know, it's, it's, so 
it, it is disappointing that they they keep kind of limiting the live stream. Um, I hope they change that in future years, especially especially going to Tokyo next time because a lot I know a ton of people who are like, mm. no way, I'm not going, and I totally get it. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go. I can't plan that far out. So I'm like, you know, I want to be able to watch whatever <laughs> they're doing over there. Um, mm. And you know, it's just it's yeah. I think I, celebration is great when it's this worldwide. This we're all experiencing at the same time, whether you're there or whether you're at home. We're all in the groove of just watching what's going on and experiencing it. And, you know, yes, being there is the best part. But um, next best thing is watching it in bed on your phone at 5 a.m. One thing I am from from having a a celebration experience in person and then one like live, I actually think the worst time is like talking back to like specifically panels and uh, you know, streaming, non-streaming, like the worst area, like spot to be where you don't get any information about celebration is at celebration and you don't get into a panel because it's like what you're going to walk around the, you know, f- show floor with like your phone watching it or like, it's really hard for the people there. Um, right. Like to to find out like what we're saying, like to find out what's happening where it's, it's a lot of people uh, easier for people at home, like on Twitter uh, you know, in their groups, um, messaging on groups and things like, which, you, I mean, you can. But, but when you're there, like your adrenaline is rushing, you're like right? freaking like out because all these people. Yeah. Star Wars backpacks and you're <laughs> meeting friends and you're, you're doing all these Getting things. Autographs. So it's like you are the least in the know about what's like well, massive announcement like, they're saying. I think maybe I told you this, Jill, uh, Jeff, last time. Like, I'm sorry. I called you Jill. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Jill's, Jill's a great host. I, was in, I appreciate at it. Least, at it's, it's a, he's in a sphere of podcasting. Yeah, I've I've called people not even close to their names. So, you know, at least I'm in the ballpark with a J name. Yeah, okay, um, Dominic. No. <laughs> fine, that's totally fair. Um, but like at Celebration Anaheim, the last one, like, I remember being there and like first day, of course, they announced this, the Mandalorian experience. And like I went like first thing basically after the panel and went and saw it. And then afterwards for the entire rest of the weekend, I'm talking to people going, hey, did you see the, the Mandalorian experience? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And then, like, it's the thing, like, right, you could just walk in, like, it's right there, you just queue up for it. Nobody had any idea it was over there because there is just this bubble, like, you're in the eye of a hurricane and you don't know what's going on. And I remember, I think, especially, I've heard tons of people talk about it from London. There was no internet in the, in the Excel no. center. <laughs> they couldn't see, they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. It, I didn't they, know that. They, they couldn't have, they didn't have access to Twitter or anything. They couldn't watch the trailers. Or see, at least, in the Anna, at least in Anaheim, we had the internet. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's it's nuts. So, you know, I guess if there was a live stream, you couldn't really watch it. But there's always the always the, I mean, always the it's that incredible video from uh, 2019 where they reveal the Rise of Skywalker trailer, and there's just like a sea of people. And then when the when this title comes up, they're like, yes, and it's just it's great. Like the, the very least, you can all experience it together. You don't have to be in the same room, but you can experience it together. Now- I, I, I might have, I probably said this before, but I'll say it again. Like I'm looking right at uh, Katie Sackhoff's autograph that I got last year, right over there. Oh. And mm. it's, she was amazing. It was a great experience, great autograph, whatnot. But I remember I was saying about how excited I was about Mando season three. 
And she was like, oh, yeah, did you see the trailer? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I, they didn't. It's not public, unfortunately. They didn't show it to us, unfortunately. <laughs> That's just like that kind of awkwardness. And like, I was watching the live stream day one. I forgot what it was. Maybe it was something about the Acolyte or Skeleton or something. They said something like on the... Um, like on the live show, like in an interview. And I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember the crowd reacting almost like somebody scored a goal because you could tell they had not heard that piece of information before. And they said yes. it on like the studio showcase that morning and the crowd do nothing. Yes, yes, yes. This was when I'm pretty sure this might've happened multiple times, but I'm pretty sure this <laughs> happened when uh, Rosario, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, uh, Nat- Natasha. Uh, came out. I think it was when they they mentioned that um, Sabine wields a lightsaber. I yeah, think, I think that's what she mentioned. She was like, "Oh yeah, it was really cool. like the the host like asked Rosaria what was it like to do lightsaber training, and then Natasha was like, "Oh yeah, it was really fun like to do it as well, <laughs> and like oh it was great." To and the crowd's like, "What?" And everyone's like, "What? You what?" <laughs> It's uh, equivalent to this guy dead. Remember that uh, Jang Wen at the 2016 celebration? He was on stage and he's talking. He just outright says that, "Oh yeah," he points to the end. Yeah, this guy dies. What? I didn't know that. That's they nice. had to scrub it from the live stream a few months later. It was it was they went, everybody heard it in the room. Oh jeez. Like, well, cat's out of the bag now, I guess. Whoops. <laughs> Everybody dies. Spoiler. But yeah, like you said, like that's just the weirdness of having this chasm between. I did not know they didn't have the internet there at at, yeah. at the Excel. Center I remember one of the one of the the underworld pods that Dominic put out. Like he's talking to Star Raptor, and Star Raptor's like, "Yeah, they released the like the one of the trailers, like the Fallen Order." I haven't watched it yet because there's no internet. It keeps I keep getting a spinning wheel. I'm like, oh man, that's like everybody, everybody literally on the face of the earth has watched it except for the people that are you know. Oh, stones throw away from the where they revealed it. Just revealed it's it. like you said, I the hurricane, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like you're in the middle of it all, but you have enough, you don't get the rain. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they don't just like go somewhere where there's a giant stadium. Like just go rent out like a football stadium and like put a big screen in it. Like have the big panels there where you can get like you know, I don't know. A, several thousand more than like 2000 people which is most these normally things normally hold um mm. i don't know it just seems counterintuitive so anyways uh with that aside i do wish i was there i wish all of us could be there so we could just podcast and watch start because last year was to me it was spe- i know ben you've been to a few celebrations but that was your fourth one if i remember correctly but um i lose count <laughs> I you just count. go to a bar. That is such a flex. Count. That is such a flex. I know you should see Dominic. No, I'm ser- I am serious. Um, I was literally on the show like a few months ago. I'm like, oh, this is my third celebration. And Dominic's like, no, it's your fourth. Oh, that's so good. Oh. I know Dominic like made like a uh, post on his um on his blog that was just like all the celebrations he went to back from like was it Celebration Five or Celebration Four? It's just like whoa, I'm dude. S- yeah, I'm gonna start holding over the like, oh, you like because he like started going in celebration like way back when and hasn't missed one since. Um <laughs> going like what you didn't go with the deer we were born? Come on. Um so I wanna uh, let's dive into the news a little bit with the, all the Star Wars news of all these notes I have. But um 
So I remember, Ben, you and I were saying a few months ago that you were saying that the only two sequel trilogy fans left on the planet at the time were me and Mr. Joel Davis from Ion Cannon. <laughs> and you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how passionate I am about The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. So yep. needless to say, the past two weeks of Star Wars content and announcements, oh my God, we have been eating good. Oh, ho, ho, they gave Eat me them. a hearty Thanksgiving meal. Oh my God. Like, first off, first thing I have on here, Daisy Ridley returns as Ray. Now, I saw, again, I saw this first thing I woke up, looked at my usual news websites when I started work, and I went to Variety. That's one of them. And boom, Daisy Ridley returns as Ray. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, I, you know, I avoid the online chatter, but as, as you know, Hannah and Ben can probably attest, it's not always the kindest towards the sequel trilogy nowadays. But man, I I don't care about the noise. I the sequel trilogy has such a big passion in my heart, and I love it so much. It reignited my interest in Star Wars in ways I never thought. Like it was, I told you this, Ben, before, but like I gotta stop saying that. <laughs> um, you know, episode no, seven. I, I know all about this. I was with you when you saw two of the three movies. Okay, I know your, I know your reaction. I like we you were, said on the we other world. We were, we were all walking out of the theaters, going like, "What are we just so?" And Jeff's like, "Yes, that was the best. Yes, Star Wars. <laughs> like, yes, Hannah. I kid you not. Like after." when the, the credits were rolling, I'm just like, no way. That's so good. I'm just like, Oh my God, I just saw something amazing. <laughs> and then imagine my surprise. We went into the car and like, Ben's like, uh, what did, did I just see the worst star Wars film ever? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh no. Said? Oh, he said something so like good. that. And like Zach and like, or Dominic was like, what was that? Chris was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was such a surreal it's, moment man and then you just i'm just like oh yeah it's such a bizarre phenomenon the sequels i i i see my experience with the sequels is that i actually really enjoy them as i'm watching them like mid watching the movie i'm like this is a good movie but then i think outside of it i i kind of i don't know maybe i i don't connect as deeply with them or something um but i do appreciate like as a like as a beautifully uh, as a beautifully made movie they're very impactful they're, they're visually they're they're impressive impressive movies um but but yeah with with um ray coming back i yeah i thought you were gonna kind of go along this line too jeff that like, i hmm. i thought it was like click oh there's clickbait oh no that's like this is a fake story <laughs> like fake story for sure for sure. And then I started seeing like the bigger, more reliable sources being like, she's back, she's on stage. And then they posted the, the, the picture. Like, there's like a the video. Yeah, yeah, the picture and the video. I I I still can't believe it. A little bit of me I just, still can't believe it. Yeah, Her reaction too. on stage was so whole. She's like, Oh, thank thank you. Like yeah. she was so overwhelmed in the best way. Oh, that was so incredible. Yeah, that that right there. Yeah, it's still sinking in for me because, like, that's uh, that's a dream come true. Like, it really, it really is. Like, as, as someone who, like, yeah, I, I, I went on a journey with the sequels. It was headed ups and downs, but overall, I enjoyed them not just as movies, but as experiences. Because it was like it was those were the first movies that I got to experience for the first time in a theater 
you know, those were with, essentially with your, my pod, with your fellow podcasters. Right. I mean, I saw the prequels. I saw episode two and three in theaters, but like I, they were, I was a kid. I barely remember them. You know, these were like, okay, these are my movies. These are, these are special. And regardless of what I thought with them, it was a special experience, especially doing it with, you know, the best friends in the world. So like it was incredible experience. And then to go back and just be, and have, you know, yes, very negative online experience with a lot of people that um, shall not be named, <laughs> just <laughs> trying to ruin it for everyone. And it seemed like Lucasfilm was listening to those people a lot of times. It was really disappointing. And then just to know like, oh, you know, because I think like I said on the podcast probably more than once, like, oh, yeah, Daisy Ridley will be back, but it'll be, you know, 10, 15, 20 yep. years down the road. That'll, that'll you know, it's, it's, they've got to have time away. The fact that she's back now is just insane just like that that seems fake it seems unreal but here we are um because that I mean it does it was teased it was a report they were out there mm. saying like this is gonna happen i'm like yeah, yeah. we'll see we'll see like yeah, ha, ha, one, that's probably some fake news huh for one like some of these things that don't happen in the trades and then also like that sounds made up that sounds like someone just trying to fan cast this and happening um but here we are and i'm so happy <laughs> You know, I think, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, especially these past couple of years with COVID, with, you know, these awesome Disney Plus shows, I'm not complaining about those shows. I love them all, all the Star Wars ones, at least, but and some of the Marvels. But um, I miss that experience of like being with my fellow podcast buddies, watching the premiere of a film of a Star Wars movie together and you know, I, I want to point to a, a comment that, you know, I, I'm referencing him again, Joel Davis, that he said on, fa on like his Facebook or whatever. And he said that, you know, despite, you know, Lucasfilm's announced many Star Wars films in the past, like, oh, they're going to work with Kevin Feige or Benioff and Weiss or Ryan Johnson trilogy. Remember that? And I, Joel said something that's like what makes me feel more confident about these three films. And um, I should clarify, um, there's the Daisy Ridley one, um, and then um, James Mangold to direct the film, and Dave Filoni will direct the film. We might, we may or may not get into, we might get into more depth about that momentarily. But I, what Joel said was, it gives him more confidence that they brought these directors out and they're showing him to the to the public. They brought out D D Daisy Ridley, like they're at least saying it's not just a press release. It's here, here's Daisy herself, and I think that gives me more confidence that you know at the very least that daisy ridley film will be the next if not one of the next um like star wars films that i'll see of my friends yeah with the with the report do we know if um is it gonna be the the uh, daisy the um, so Rainbow variety Dance? variety said um that the first film will be the daisy ridley one that's what mm, variety yeah. report cool. said um, they but they be. they also said that well somebody said and there's a lot of I I read a lot of headlines. Latino guys. review. There's a, there's a lot of somebody's. <laughs> um, but somebody along the line said that James Mangold has signed on to DC to do uh, Swamp oh. Thing. <laughs> but but <laughs> what was that? This is Patty Jenkins all over again. But for the but, flip flop shit. What the? But, <laughs> but um, they said that Mangle's doing Star Wars first before Swamp Thing. So I don't know oh, if that okay. means that Swamp Thing is really far off, or maybe it's close by. They kind of, I mean, obviously timeline wise, the Mangle thing comes first. But I don't think they're going to be releasing them like that. They're kind of, they're seemingly to be like, 
essentially a trilogy, but they're also standalone films, which kind of meets with the criteria of like what they've been wanting to do all this time, which is like focus more on Star Wars, you know, doing one thing. And then if somebody likes it, we'll do more of that thing and not committing to an entire trilogy all at once. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because, um, so how do you pronounce the direct, the name of the director of this? Charmine, Charmine Obaid-Chinoy? I think you just nailed it. That sounds what like I'm just we're just gonna go with that. We're just gonna go with that. Let's do that. With Charnine's film, like it I think what is it? They said that it'll take place like a decade or something or sometime after the rise of Skywalker. Uh fifteen years, I think, was the figure they gave. And well, I mean, I guess they listened to Ben with his ten and fifteen years. But I spent um, I spent the whole week typing all of this stuff into my phone constantly. So it's all just in here. It's just been ingrained yeah. in my brain. <laughs> but um I what was my oh that there's my point. What's interesting is they're not calling this Star Wars episode 10. And mm. it, it's gonna be my next stream to have 10, 11, and 12. You know that, Ben. You know that, Ben Hannah. Like it's gonna be 10, 11, 12. And I truly believe that that will happen eventually. Uh, but you know, whether it's you know in a few years or in a decade or so. But I think it's so interesting. That's like it's a standalone film. And I know we've heard r- rumors about this like in the past. Um, I believe this was the film where um, I forgot. They had a writer team that um, they left a few months, like I left a couple months ago. Is that right? It was Damon Lindelof and Brit. Oh, yeah. Brit, what's his name? He was Brit something. Um, they were on for a bit and they supposedly left in January and now Stephen Knight is the guy's name that is now writing it and Kathleen Kennedy actually confirmed that he's like like a month away from finishing it oh Oh, man why was that not announced so they're writing it now no there was look I went digging like Sunday during Sunday I went digging and there was like all of these if you look back on the Star Wars Underworld feed there's like Kathleen Kennedy said this and this and this and this and this and I was like why isn't this being reported this is important information yeah, damn. I, this is how much news has been releasing that, like, even like Dominic's daily podcasts aren't covering everything. <laughs> but that's that's also the thing is that it's celebration and it's literally a vessel designed to pump out Star Wars news and content nonstop. And there's so much that, like, it would be like one of those things would be big news for a week. And yet you're getting it all at once. And then, you know, Kathleen Kennedy comes out. Kathleen Kennedy does not come out and talk all the time. She doesn't do interviews all the time. She did a ton of press stuff during Celebration. And she said a ton of interesting things that, you know, go along the lines of things. I'm actually going to go back and look and see if there's anything else I mixed. Yeah, because I think, yeah, while you do that, I want to talk about another thing that Kathleen Kennedy said. And I saw this by looking at the SWU's page. And You're it welcome. was that she said there's going to be an opening crawl. Yeah, she said the, the opening film. crawls are back. Yeah, which wow. is really good. That's a positive. I, That's a I miss I miss the opening crawl, man. Haven't seen it since Rise of Skywalker. Like even if it's something like what Solo did, and they used the a long time ago text and use that as their crawl. Like man, opening crawls. Like I remember playing all these Star Wars video games from the 90s and 2000s, and they all had opening crawls to him. Like even the flipping early Lego games. So like <laughs> it was. Oh my goodness, I. 
I wish the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga had opening had. Oh shoot, they do have opening crawls. What am I saying? <laughs> they do have opening crawls every time you go into a film. Uh, until yeah, a like chapter. um, and and just jumping off here, like she yeah. she also said that Taika's still working in his movie. Like that's still happening, apparently. And uh, um, it's just whenever you know Taika does then, Taika stuff. And then Ryan's is still like, ah, oh, he's busy. Maybe we'll get to that one day. <laughs> You got glass onion, you know, knives out too. <laughs> also, did do you did you did you did you guys see the, the debacle with the Kevin Feige movie? Have you been following this? I I heard that Kathleen Kennedy. Sorry, sorry if I was interrupting you, Hannah, but I oh, heard. No, I was just. I, I kind of. I, I saw. I read that. Um, that that Kathleen called it rumors and false press reporting. Okay, here's 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 what it is. So she says she's at celebration. She says, "Oh, Kevin Feige's project was something announced in the press, or I suppose fandom, but there was nothing. Nothing ever got developed. This is like putting it on the press that oh yeah, you guys announced this. We didn't announce this. Somebody like yesterday, um, uh, Aubrey from uh, Convoy Call posted a video from the Star Wars show back in a few years ago where they announced it. Lucasfilm announced this. And then Kathleen Kennedy goes, we didn't do that. No, we didn't do that. This reminds me of like, I think like last year, like Anthony Carboni, like on the Celebration Live stage was interviewing Kathleen Kennedy. And I don't remember what he said. I don't really care. But like he said something to her and Kathleen just gave him a glare. (laughs) And like, well, they brought, they brought they brought Carboni back this year, so they didn't fire him. But <laughs> it's Carboni just... survived. He didn't disappear into the the Disney he, dungeon. He didn't uh, turn I, to the I, dark side. <laughs> I I am ready to take over his role. I and that is my dream job to be the host of the live stage at Celebration. Can I say this though? It was weird that Andy Gutierrez wasn't there. She just did the intro. Yeah. She just did the little intro, like little segment every day. And then it was like the same recording that they used for all four days at the very yeah, beginning I, of the I live saw stream. The, it was like the very beginning little thing. Maybe she just couldn't make it over to London. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, they brought London. back Carboni, Christina Ariel. Uh, Carboni better watch his ass, okay? Ka- Hannah is coming for him, okay? She's going to stab him in the back. Carboni goes first. missing. You got your prime suspect yeah. right now. Yeah, she's gonna hire a hitman. I, get rid of I, him. I can't speak of the matter, otherwise I'll incriminate myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Kristen Baver, of course, and then um, I, Christina cool. Ariel is amazing. Like I saw some of her interviews. Great, she yeah. she's so good. She's so passionate. I love it. <laughs> um, I remember. Um, and then uh, Cameron Matthews. He was the hype man on the live stage last year, and also this year as well. Because right. I remember him. It's like, what up, Cam? <laughs> and like he had this kind of stick going on. I actually followed him on Instagram. It was, kind of, and he followed me back. It was kind of cool. But um, so I loved, uh, I loved Cameron Monahan. Did you see Cameron Monahan's um, a uh, bit that he did? <laughs> He's like, we need to talk about ponchos. ponchos. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I appre- I appreciate that bit. But he really committed to it for just like a couple <laughs> well, he, he's like, an lines. He's an actor. Long. He had to play it up. Wow. Oh, to play it like a large like, ham. Like, oh. And then like, he gave. Try to he, be he, like, he, oh, let's be serious. <laughs> but he just kept going. He just kept going. I but, almost didn't know if like Stig was like in on it. It felt like they weren't in on it. And he was just like, he just like yes. showed up. <laughs> and then, you, yeah, Stig is like, like this. Stig is this video game industry, like, you know, legend. Like he created the original God of War games. Like he was like the director of them. 
Okay, star troopers come out and escort him off the stage. Like, we, we didn't ask for this. Ponchos. <laughs> Are you guys excited for Jedi Survivor? We got like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. I I am thrilled uh, for it. But I have... I Oddly, even though I'm like streaming and like doing all this tech stuff, I'm I'm iconically known for not actually understanding how any of this works or any anything tech related. No idea, no idea. So I've just discovered two weeks out from this game releasing that it is, uh, which is quite a new thing, but they're dropping it on the the new generation consoles. Which right. I don't have. Oh, <laughs> so I and I just realized this the other day because I any kind of tech questions I just refer to. I have two brothers and they're both in the tech in the, or one's ma- like a software engineer. Nice knows a lot about mm. it. So I was like, hey, can you read this article? Is that my Xbox or is that not my Xbox? Can you just tell me that answer? Can you just tell me what the answer is? And so... Because, oh, yeah, they like, have the Xbox One, the SNX, and then the Xbox Series SNX. It's so confusing. Right? Right? Thank you. I'm like, yeah, and then all named the same, but somehow different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, like I was looking at, before I bought my Switch, I was like, oh, can I get back? Can I get a PC? Can I get a, you know, a Steam Deck? Yeah. And just looking Steam at it, just like made my brain hurt. I'm like, I don't understand yeah. like, any what? of this. Like, I need, I need something simple. I see at least PlayStation, the five's bigger than four. That's pretty easy to figure out, you know? Right? It's just, you just get the next number. Can, of can you count? Like- five's better than four. <laughs> see, like, yeah, like, with Xbox, like, they had Xbox and then Xbox 360. Okay. Everyone's like, oh, maybe the next one will be 720. No, they do Xbox One, which people yeah, confuse. It's like, <laughs> it's like uh, trying to... It's like, uh, what is it? Uh, windows, trying to count the windows. Like they go from Windows 98 to like Windows, what was it? Uh, 2000, Windows, the Windows, next big. No, then Windows 10. It's just like, what? You're just, they, they don't, you're just pulling numbers out of your ass. Like they you're go, not even trying. They go from Windows 8 to 8.1 and then they skip nine and go straight to 10. Like, we're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then Windows Vista. What, what, the, what, what are you doing? What the, what's a Vista? Yeah. But so, um, so Hannah, here's what you and I got to do. We got to go create a crowdfunding effort to give Ben a PS5. That sounds good. That sounds good. Because Ben, I feel, see like Ben, you know, I've been showing you all these Star Wars games to get on the Switch. We've been playing Fall Guys and all, and and Fortnite and all that. But like, man, I want you to play Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor and like all these great games. Because this is, this is what's really important in the world. No, 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 none of that feeding the hungry, you know, raising money for charity. No, let's raise money to buy Ben an Xbox or a yeah. PlayStation that he won't buy for his own damn self. Charity work. Yeah, that sounds good. I, uh, it's more useful than that guy who threatens to like uh, p- to punch your face at every celebration. <laughs> well, he I, look, he he's still I'm still waiting for that one. OK, <laughs> it's, it's still that guy. That was supposed this, this to, is that true. Was this is a true story. Hannah. True story. Hater? It, it was a guy from Australia from your neck of the woods. Oh, Hannah. damn. Uh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um. So oh, but God. that was supposed Wait, to be he, that was prior from? to Chicago. Like, God, do you know? I have I have all the screenshots. I have no idea who he's from. I've I've blocked him. He probably blocked me. Um, Um, Yeah, Hannah's like, uh, let's dox him. Let's find his address. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Why do you think you know you didn't meet me until after then? (laughs) Oh, it all makes sense now. It's been all. It's been a long con. I'm just gonna be walking down the street next to Hannah. She's like, psych. That's it. Yeah, I'll I'll just pull off the mask. Hannah was like pulling a long-winded April Fool's joke, (laughs) a long-winded troll method. Oh Oh, 
Oh my god! But yeah, um, all along. so from what you've heard and seen of Jedi Survivor, what do you think, Ben? Oh, I mean, it looks fantastic. I actually haven't watched the trailer, the newest trailer yet. Um, mm. It's so, good. Um, it looks really good. Um, yes, one day, someday, maybe I will play the game. Okay, I will. Um, I'll be watching. I'll be watching somebody stream it for me. Okay, so I can watch it. So I can watch. <laughs> I want to know the story. I want to know the story. So um, I'll definitely be watching those uh, those 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 playthroughs. And you? But, um, so I have a question uh, to whoever knows: Is Jedi Survivor on Steam? If so, like maybe it could be on the Steam Deck, or uh, it might just be on EA Play. Never mind. But uh, like that Steam Deck is really it, cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I would imagine it would be on Steam or something. Like, because I I I did some research, did a lot of research, and um, there the Steam Deck you can get. I think some games are like you can get them, but they're not, not like optimized for Steam Deck, or they're not like recommended so and that's what was kind of turned me off the steam deck it's just like you know yeah you can get any steam game but some of them don't play very well and some things and then you have to optimize in oh you can upload windows to it and you can play other games i'm like i don't know how to do that so i'm not gonna do that wow ben with his uh being a researcher like a researcher at a university up here writing a dissertation on this man <laughs> i know too much about that damn steam deck so I, I would be amiss. I, I would not be a true Star Wars fan if I did not end up bringing up Ahsoka, because we actually all of us saw this trailer. It was this public. And wait, wait, what? They released a trailer? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you might not have known Ben. It has like over ten million views now. Pretty easy to find on YouTube, <laughs> but uh, you should be able to find it easily. But uh, man, I you know we're we're still we still have Mando season three. We still have the finale. In, in two days, in a day and a half, as of the day of this, as of when we're recording, basically, this. almost like 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 twenty six hours, basically. Yeah, <laughs> but like, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we have Ahsoka, and I'll be honest, Ben, ben and Hannah. Sorry, this is how you can tell I've had Ben on most of my podcasts. And I'm not trying to ignore you. <laughs> I'm just, I, you I'm just so I'll used be to offended later. It's okay. I'm just so used to be like, hey, Ben, you know, it's just a. <laughs> Over time, uh, over time, man. All these years, but uh, yeah, Jeff's just walking down the street. So Ben, oh, I'm sorry, he's not, I'm not on the podcast. <laughs> oh, he's not here. You. Oh, he's not even Dang on it. the state. Oh, okay. uh, I'm going nuts. Uh, okay, but uh, we, ha- I didn't know initially when they announced Ahsoka that it was going to take place during the time frame of the Mandalorian. I would have expected to be really? like a prequel or something, like something taking place like with like some Ezra thing or you know or Hera or whatnot. But no, this is all taking place during the Mandalorian time frame. Um, so, you know, like I said earlier, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is Hera, you know, and we all knew Chopper was going to show up. Get to the chopper. Uh, <laughs> do you guys still use that soundbite? I don't. You got to use that soundbite when Ahsoka comes out. Come on. I don't know if the YouTube algorithm would agree with that, but um, or Arnold Schwarzenegger would probably sue us. Yeah, just, ha- just have just have Dominic put it in and post. <laughs> put it on <laughs> put it on Spotify. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we have that. Um, did we see the ghost in the trailer? We did. We saw the Phantom, which is the oh. whole the, the the that's what Harris flying the Phantom. So, so that was not the ghost. the ghost. Okay. Not the ghost, but um, we saw like seventy percent of the ghost crew. We got we got yeah. Sabine, we got Hera, we got Chopper. Um, we saw we saw Zeb in the Mandalorian. I still can't get over that. I still can't believe that happened. Um, so like, all we need is a Force Ghost Kanan and uh, Ezra. We which we saw Ezra in the trailer too. Holy crap! Okay, oh, just, yeah. 
like little little uh little hologram and so, can i can uh, i say this about zeb real quick i man i was so emotionally overwhelmed by all these mandalorian episodes that when i watched that episode i was just like oh my god we're on coruscant we see new republic folks <laughs> i was so entranced by that that i didn't even notice that was zeb until i looked online later i'm like wait what that's zeb well i was i was like when i first saw him i'm like oh it's a uh, it's Lasat. Like they're doing a Lasat in live action. Like that's really cool. And then he spoke. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a damn minute. That's Steve Bloom. This is they're doing Zeb. They're actually doing it. Um, and, and Zeb is like the one character I know. You listen back to the Star Wars Underworld podcast. There is multiple occasions where we all went like, oh, they they can't do Zeb in live action. That's never gonna happen. Yes. How would they do it yes. in live action or animation? Like, how are they gonna do that? He'll be the last character to show up from Rebels. No, he's the first. Yeah. So it's, the, it's other than Ahsoka, if you count that, but go ahead, Hannah. Oh, yeah, true. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, Zeb's appearance, uh, I had a really good point, and I've, it's just flown out of my head of what my really great Don't you love that? Was. Don't you just love that? You Damn just it. have your brain has Damn, just formulate something, so and then just, poof, it's gone. It was but, such a great take. Anyway, continue. But, I'll remember in a second. Let me just say this. Like, I, I just really want to say that I love that they pulled a Katie Sockoff and Bo Katan with Lars Mickelson as Thrawn in both mm-hmm. voice acting and live action, unless I'm stupid and I'm incorrect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is yeah, I- so cool that they brought the voice actor like they did with Katie. And just, yeah. you know, yeah. I can't wait to see Thrawn and, you know, other than the backside of his head. <laughs> Have you? Okay. Well, there is a leaked photo out there just for the record. Of there course is a there photo. Is. Uh, if, if you want to know, just, just Google Lars Mikkelsen Thrawn. I guarantee you it will, it will pop up. Um, but um, I, I love that on the live stream, Anthony Carboni was like, I wonder who the back of that person's head is. <laughs> and then like Christina was like, it, it's Thrawn. It, it's Thrawn. <laughs> also um, it was a word of advice. This is probably old news by now, but if you posted, any of the leaked photos to your Twitter, even photos of like screens in the auditoriums, um, delete them from your Twitter now because I opened the Star Wars Underworld Twitter and they're like, um, DMCA copyright infringement. Uh, we've locked your account. Um, because I, I, posted- I didn't know they enforced anything on Twitter anymore. This is news to me. <laughs> yes, it's still the 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 muskrat is still at his games. Um, but um. Yeah, so that that I just I just posted the picture that somebody else took of uh Vernestra Rowe from the High Republic. That was that that live action version of her. Um I didn't think like, oh, it's a picture of that. I didn't know they don't want that one out there. Wow, out of all the leaks for them to be upset about. <laughs> that's a that's a great one. That's a good one. It's oh. Star Wars. Like they'll find any little thing, man. Disney yeah. Disney will go go striking. Yeah, that's another thing that makes no sense about the live stream. It's just like it all gets out there. I've seen all the trailers. I saw the. I, I've seen it's all on Reddit and things. I'm pretty sure someone uploaded them to the Star Wars Underworld Discord. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't get a copyright strike. But they're up there. They're in the spoiler section if you want to go watch them. I was about to say like yeah, to all leakers, go to the SWU Discord. <laughs> Also, I didn't say that. I totally am not going to incriminate myself. D- Disney Lucasfilm, please don't hate me. And for the record, I have no in- I, I I have no admin involvement in the Discord. <laughs> I'm just a lowly fan. <laughs> but um, Ben said nothing. I, that was all me. But um, I want to also bring this up really quick. Um, so you, 
we've all loved seeing Mon Mothma and Andor and Geneva Riley, oh, and she did so God. incredible. Oh, and yes. to see her in the Ahsoka trailer, wow! Yeah, yeah. And this is post Return of the <laughs> Jedi, and you, you know, oh my God, go ahead, Ben. No, no, it's it's just that's another like dream come true because I was like, please, I want, I want Mon Mothma, I want like that because we were getting that in Mandalorian. As much as I was like had mixed feelings about the Coruscant episode of Mandalorian, I'm like, oh, this is really cool, getting New Republic, going back to Coruscant, seeing how this all operates. Like, that's really cool. I want to see Mon Mothma. Um, and getting her back is just great. I mean, she was one of the highlights of Andor. And then um, I think I saw in a description, um, unless this is a spoiler, I'm sorry, but isn't she the Chancellor of the New Republic? She is a. I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point she is. Um, and it's funny. This is a weird. I think one of the first time this has happened in Star Wars, at least in this new era, of a character playing a version of a character both before and after another actor played that character. Because um, like you had Carolyn Blankenstein played her in Return of the Jedi, and then now Genevieve Riley is playing her before that and after that. So Which all is, we need is a Ewan McGregor Obi Wan Force Ghost. That's true. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, I guess Hayden Christensen, if you want to count that, because he's in Ahsoka as well. Yeah, well apparently, well, apparently, apparently they they they're not they're not releasing that yet. But it seems, I mean, come and on. And he was in Return of the they Jedi have. after the 2004 special edition. That's true. So he's the next one. I, I know they they times weird with Force Ghosts and all that, but and chron- chronological chron- chronolo- chron- chronology. I, I can English. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. Um, this is the way. <laughs> ah, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, but just just talking on the the Mon stuff, uh, it was really funny when I, when I watched um, when I when I watched the trailer, I, I filmed the trailer reaction, and you know, I was going I was going nuts seeing Hera like live action, and and Sabine looked great, and then the back of Thrawn's head, I was like so shocked, having an amazing time. The the p- moment I went most nuts is Mon Mothma. I like saw that. Yeah, we've just seen like we're getting all these insane reveals, and it's Mon Mothma, and I'm like, and that's where I like just lose the plot. I'm like, no way, which is really funny. I don't, I don't, I don't know. What, I think you know what? Here's my analogy: is that a lot of people uh, have it's like the Boba Fett effect, where Boba Fett was this cool looking character, and for years and years and years, people were just like he is such a cool guy and a really nuts for Boba Fett. I feel like I have that same experience with Mon Mothma. Like she kind of just stood there and was like, let's go. Like that's all she did in the original trilogy. And since then that has fascinated me. So many Bothans died to bring us his information. (laughs) That was such a great performance. Like the, like she, she won an Oscar for that. Like just brilliant. Um, I think of Akbar. That's my version of that. Is that, is that that your guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. also something. I feel bad saying this, but something I just realized: Carolyn Blankenstein is still alive. She's still around. She's still oh. doing conventions. I had no idea. I thought she. I, I had no she's idea. Alive? Yeah, she's still around. Damn. Also, oh, there's yeah. a well, it's not, it's there's a bad. there's a really funny interview. So what if? I, sorry, I'm so sorry no, to no, interrupt you, Ben. But I thought, like, what if they just show, like, they do like Peggy Carter and Captain America: Civil War, but in the Daisy Ridley film. And it's just have her, the original Mon Mothma actress do that. <laughs> that would be. It's funny they they specifically kind of morbid, the, but <laughs> in the latest books they seemingly avoid mentioning 
or talking about Mon Mothma's fate. You don't know what happens hmm. to her in the sequel trilogy. Hmm. So you don't know if he's retired or whatever. Um, I just feel the need to bring this up really quick because everybody, everybody needs to know this. There's a really infamous interview with Carolyn Blankiston, um, where she, I think even mid interview realizes that the moon is round and not flat like a plate. It's a real interview. What? <laughs> oh, you mean what? like like it's an actual sphere and not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. She thinks the, the <laughs> she thought the moon was a flat sphere, like a plate. It was, it was like a plate in the sky. Like she didn't realize it was like, like a disc. I mean, it makes sense when you see it in a crescent moon. I, I can kind of see the perspective, but that's very funny well, that's that's so random that is so how do you even know that i uh, that's uh so good. not a flat earther but a flat mooner <laughs> that's um a flat i thought the moon i thought the moon was flat much less the earth was flat <laughs> oh my goodness i'm I, just uh, derailing this i'm sorry no that's that's what we're here for ben we're all about derailing this is, this is my brain okay this is my brain on star wars okay i, I just uh, have random stuff and i blurt it out at every it reminds so me of um, came about like every time anthony carboni interviews anthony daniels it goes so off track that he, he just throws his notes away it's like i yeah uh, screw it I, He's love, just, I love the moment where i love the moment where stephen colbert was on stage in 2019 for the rise of skywalker panel and he's trying to ask all these questions and then ryan jj uh, abrams giving him nothing yeah. and he literally just throws his notes over this and i don't think that was scripted i think that was genuinely him getting frustrated <laughs> well did anyone get that vibe in the return of the jedi uh, oh here we go panel are we talking we about go. this i know Love. nothing about this panel so i i watched it as well and did you watched it did so, you feel as awkward as i did i yes i i i, so I, I, I watched go, I, yeah I, let me go ahead first migna when hosted it and you know that's pretty good on paper but like you could tell she was not an experienced like panel moderator uh, and boy. i let me just say it like this ben i had to skip the billy d sections Oh, oh it, I it, yeah. love the guy. Love the guy. Great that he was there. Great that he had an appearance. And he had but... his own thing. Like the next day he went on like the live stage and apparently I heard he was fine. He he was better. I still or better, he, yeah. He was better, better. I remember him I remember the 40th anniversary panel uh way back a few years ago and he was a little I remember that being a little bit awkward. Um, of course, mm -hmm. George was on stage, and it's always awkward when George is doing anything. Um, oh, the but, Star Wars 40, 2017, you mean? I think. I'm getting him confused. I'm getting and that. Him. That was in uh, Orlando because they had that's so. where they had John Williams at the orchestra. Right. That was, I was actually in the room for that one, which is just nuts. I'm so I was, jealous. I was, I, no, oh, they man. were specs to me. Okay. They were like a football <laughs> field away from me. I could barely see them. I Everybody saw them was standing. You had to um, jump over people's heads. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I mean, Billy D legend like all credit to him he's such an amazing talent but uh i mean he's getting up there and uh I, it is i've seen a few interviews and he's it's a little awkward that's and unfortunate because i really like ming Wen too thank god we had him in rise of skywalker man yeah i i heard i heard i just saw one comment someone said ming Wen ruined it i'm like well yeah I, i'm like i'm like I, I doubt that like she she to be I, I think she was just really, honestly, I actually just think she was excited. Like, but it, it, it kind of didn't come off smoothly that she was excited. It was more of just, 
it, it, it's almost like she forgot she was on camera or people were there. She oh. was actually genuinely enjoying just like she wasn't a host. She was a fan. I remember yeah, this. I remember something yeah. similar happening with uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. I can't remember what panel she she hosted a panel. And I remember she would like she would like yell into the microphone. She would like do this cheering thing and she would like do it straight into the microphone. It was like, oh, my God, stop. She still <laughs> did it this year. And on the bill into the sequel trilogy panel. <laughs> I yep. still had it. Go- She's still at it. That laugh, I gotta say, her laugh is is something. That is something. <laughs> that was the best part of the panel for me. And like, I just, love that. Just seeing her with um, what was it, Ian McDermott and Andy Circus, that was something. <laughs> that was an interesting group. Such a, it was such an interesting trio. I yeah. found that very fascinating. That that whole. I love the. I love that the quote oh. came out of it. It's like, oh yeah, Ian McDermott and Andy Circus. They they attribute. They thought that uh, Snoke and Palpatine's relationship was very father and son. I'm like, they were never on screen together. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. But one yeah, of them it's... cloned the other and used him as a puppet. What kind of father son relationship are you thinking of? So I want to say this real quick about the Return of the Jedi panel that I think what didn't help was they, you know, they brought a couple of behind the scenes folks, but they were not, they were people at Lucasfilm, but they were not people who worked on the original trilogy. They did not work on the original trilogy. They either started in either the prequels or the sequels, the three behind the scenes folks that they had in that panel. And it was, I mean, they had great things to um, bring up. You know, they talked about their experiences watching the films as a kid and like, you know, using their knowledge of special effects and sound and whatnot um, to, you know, because they did research all the films. Of course they did. But it was still interesting. Like they didn't have like a Dennis Mirren. Or you yes. know, like you where's, know? where's Ben Burt? Where's well, I ben feel Bird. like even yeah. even like I know those guys probably weren't there, but I know they had some other people. I wish they would like do one with like the little known actors. Like I know they've got all the Ewok actors, and um, they had like, Warwick sometimes... on the panel, and the end that was good. They had Warwick. Warwick was there. I didn't even know Warwick was there. Of course he was there. I mi- I miss War. I think he's the best celebration host. I miss when he used to host everything. Yeah, yeah, he would come he, in on his on on his scooter and race into the room, and he had all those bad jokes. It was great. Yeah, he he, he does he really carry <laughs> some sort of celebration like magic about him, doesn't he? I, yeah. I do agree with you there, Ben. I think there's he had his own little magical. desk, his own little tiny desk that yes, fit him. His like desk. just like oh, it's iconic. Just yeah, it's yeah, it's great. So yeah, I, I yeah, I I don't know the the celebration house there weird mix of people because they always pick a new person to do the like the main big thing like like they had uh josh gad a few years ago and and different people but Lawrence um Kasdan. that's who they should have had on that panel yeah see i was at the last time i saw Lars kasdan was not in person it was on a video screen and then he was calling in from another video screen because he had COVID in 2019. He couldn't make it to the panel for the uh, was was that docu series they did last year, um, the light, island documentary, Light and Magic. Light and Magic, yeah. So yeah, I some reason didn't get anything else, but got the got, got a panel room for got a, got a lottery for that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I got it, so I guess I'll go. So I went, and then uh. 
left five minutes before it was over just to beat the crowd. Um, <laughs> just to beat the crowd. It was an interesting panel, but I'm like, there's better things to do. I could better use my time than things. It's a fun panel, but um, but I, I do. Th- I did actually think that while watching the Return of the Jedi, um, the the panel, I just I I thought, uh, well, actually, it was cool that uh, yeah, they got they got. Uh, Harrison Ford to call in and Mark. I Hamill heard that, yeah, in. yeah. I was really betting on a Mark Hamill ap- appearance, though. I really thought he was because he hasn't up. been the past couple celebrations. Yeah, because I, th- I, I mean he's busy, just, I guess. It was a big deal that he wasn't there last year. I felt like I felt like that was like everyone was kind of expecting him, and then it's like he did that video. Last he went year, from like, he went from kind of like oh he's kind of the mainstay, he's there all the time to he's in the movies, he kind of has to be there. <laughs> Um, and, you yeah. and think, now he's you would like, think, I'm done. You would think, especially after you know he was credited in The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, you would think it'd be perfect. Right. He, I mean, he's done Star Wars work since 2019, so uh, I don't know. This Weird. reminds me of when he was like, oh, I'm done as the Joker. And then he comes back in Arkham Knight. It's like, oh, he's always been, he never left the Joker. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just took a hiatus for three years or whatever. Like, oh, okay. I wonder if like he's doing, he'd be doing that now if it wasn't for Mandalorian. Yeah, he's gonna be in that uh, gonna be in that Burt Crusher movie. But another thing I want to say really quick, we have so much to talk about. I didn't want to get through this, but uh, about the Return <laughs> of the Jedi panel is, I remember last year. You know, I had the great uh, fortune of and privilege of being with Ben, our buddy Matthew from Ion Cannon, and Dominic. Uh, we were at the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones panel in the arena, and one of the greatest times, probably one of my favorite moments of celebration. But I remember us leaving. The panel and i remember dominic saying this is this is really good this is way better than the 20th anniversary of the phantom menace panel that they had um where do we put 40th return of the jedi do we have a, a, a list for this i know there's five million anniversaries nowadays but <laughs> yeah i i i personally haven't like i've only seen sections of the other the other um anniversary panels but I don't know. This is on the lower end for me. I, I I felt like they could have made this more special, and I actually thought it was going to be quite a strong. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I just thought it was going to be a stronger theme throughout the whole celebration. Like, you know, we were talking about like when when we first started talking about celebration, how it's um they kind of recycled a lot of the things from last year. The live stage of the well, yeah, just the live stage out in the, with the audience on the show floor like that was just the same stage from last year i'm pretty sure like they used all the same like right navarro looking set that that's what um, i was saying earlier like the same production yeah, quality it's like, and it's like stuff the same so and i really thought they even you and mcgregor like, had a you and mcgregor had a surprise appearance at the end of day three just like right. last year uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh it's like yeah, poetry I, it I, rhymes I thought... <laughs> um i thought they were gonna go more return of the jedi uh just overall i wonder um, I, I think I think maybe part of it is just there's just so much going on. There's only so yeah. much energy they can put towards like, oh, here's a, here's the 40th anniversary of a movie you've seen a thousand times. Or there's three new Star Wars movies and TV shows and all this That's kind of stuff. Or also, we are fast approaching the 50th anniversary of Star Wars. I feel like maybe the 50th anniversary of all the original movies may be a bigger deal. Um, yeah. Also, next celebration, you know what the anniversary <laughs> panels are going to be at the next celebration? Yeah. 20th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith and 10th anniversary of The Force Awakens. Insane. Two of my favorite Star Wars movies, man. They're on top of there, man. Love them. 
Love them to death. So how are they going to do that in Japanese? I just thought about that. God, maybe Is I should it... get a passport and go to Japan. Come on, man. <laughs> Dang it. I'll hide you. I'll hide you both in my suitcase. You can come. Come on. Um, it's like, I, I really do want to go to Japan. I love playing Japanese like video games, like Persona, Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy. Like, like It's so fascinating playing Japanese video games. Like Having Star Wars there on these momentous occasions. We could get a film maybe that year. Who knows? This is a kind of a crazy question, and this is hilarious. I'm asking this recording. We're, we're all about crazy um, questions on Hype Function. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> it's I'm fairly new to like watching and being involved of Star Wars Celebration. By new, I mean like f- like four or five years new. Um, and I haven't actually watched any of the footage from the international celebrations, or or much, I should say. Um, is it? Completely presented in English. That's what I'm wondering, because I don't recall there being a live stream at Germany, which was the last foreign language one. I don't remember that being. In fact, there was nothing going on. I remember Dominic got complimented by Pablo Hidalgo in Germany because we were like the only press there reporting on stuff. And he was like tweeting stuff and we, everyone was getting their information That's from Star Wars Underworld. I love this story. Yeah. Exclusive so, scoops, Dominic Jones. Because there wasn't any live stream. I don't know. I would actually have to go back and look and see when the live stream started, but yeah, obviously Japan was well before that. And Germany was 2013. So um, I think it was, I think it, I, I think the live stream started, I had to start in, in 2015. That had to be when Force Awakens. I don't recall a live stream before that. So this is going to be a new experience, like wondering how mm. they do this. Unless t- you talk to somebody that's been to Jap- Japan or Germany, I had to ask Dominic because he was there. Um, I mean, how maybe, did they do it? Speaking of Dominic, it'll be like Canada where they have think, equal parts English and uh, French. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. you're you're going to have a bunch of foreigners who only speak English going there but you're also in that country you kind of have to give right away to the, the the language of the land so like how do they do it um that's why if i do go to japan i just want to learn japanese so that so that i can just get by were you saying something earlier hannah uh, no i think that was it i think that was my point <laughs> just going hmm, i wonder what they'll do just loud wondering yeah yeah, yeah I, like, yes. and I the, the time changes will be interesting too. I mean, it'll probably be more favorable to Hannah's neck of the woods, but I think it's almost the. I think I'm only like a two hour difference to Japan. Nice. Actually, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be middle middle of the night for you guys. I think. I think uh, it'll be even weirder than uh, the London timing. Huh? Mm. <laughs> but I guess now we get to join Hannah's world. But uh, in, in regards to time changes, but um. I want to bring this up as well, also from the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, the Acolyte. Now, it surprised me at the beginning of the day one live stream where I believe they had five consecutive Acolyte interviews. And they that was how they started off the stream, a day one. And I thought it was weird. There was, and, you know, we, we, we don't have a public trail. I believe they showed some footage at Celebration. And... There was a point where I said I'm out I out loud I'm just like why should I care about this? <laughs> and part of that's the consequence of there's just so much. There's just so mm-hmm. much happening. And like, you know, the acolyte it just it's coming in 2024, but it, it feels like it's so far away and 
you know, there were some cool things. I think uh, Amanda Stenberg, I think that's the the star of the show. Right. Um, she was wearing this awesome Padme outfit. Like that was very festive, very cool. But and it was nice meeting the stars and some of the folks being on Acolyte. Jonas Suwatomo is going to be a Wookiee Jedi. And basically his old, whole interview was saying how awesome he wants to be a Wookiee Jedi without saying much more than how <laughs> awesome it is to be a Wookiee Jedi and saying that phrase over and over, it seems. But that, no, that's, seriously, that is really cool that, you know, he can be a Jedi. Uh, and, but like other than like little things like that, um, it was so to most casual Star Wars fans or people who just you know, watch the Mandalorian or whatever, probably have never heard of this or have barely heard about this. So I want to, I pose a challenge to Hannah and Ben. Why should people care about the Acolyte? Ben? So this is, why should you care about the Acolyte? Well, I would say this is the first live action content we've gotten, first major story we've gotten outside of a book set before the phantom menace ever this is the earliest in the timeline that we've ever been in star wars um and also one thing that that uh leslie headland the showrunner and writer and producer and everything like that she basically created the show um said that this is a show from the villain's perspective this is about the acolyte this is not about oh how did the you know the republic get into sh- it's not just about how the republic became than the bad state it's in in the prequels it's about the the Sith and about what they're doing behind the scenes, which it is connected to the High Republic, but the High Republic has been, at least the last I checked, has been noticeably without any Sith and has been kind of keeping away from that stuff. They've created some other villains, which are really good, but they're not Sith. And this show seems to be bringing that element to the forefront and like getting it from their perspective, which I think is really good. We've gotten other stories and see this is what makes me skeptical because like we've gotten other stories in the past where it's like oh it's from the villain's perspective oh look it's the force unleashed and it's about darth vader's secret apprentice and he's a bad guy and he'll always be a bad guy he definitely won't turn good and be a, be a hero in the end um and then he did and, and then, then also uh, iden versio battlefront 2 exactly mm. that's that's the next point so like i I, I just hope the Acolyte stays bad. I hope Amanda Stenberg, we can appreciate their performance as like an interesting character, but also can be like, okay, this is a bad person. This is, these are, these are, these are Sith. These are bad people doing bad things, but that's interesting. Inter- you know, villains don't have to be, you know, cackling evil like Palpatine. They can be nuanced. I, I don't know though. Like Star Wars loves, this, you know, redeeming a villain and turning him into a hero. They love that trope. They've done it many, many times. You know, the OG one is Vader, you know, and Anakin. Right. So, Hannah, why should we care about the Acolyte? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really think um, I really think this is going to be the 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 storytelling of kind of the EU books, Legends books. Um and he, even the storytelling in the current canon that is in different timelines is is so different to the movies. Um, and there's, there's a quite a deep lore-filled, uh, s- deep storytelling that happens in Legends that um, is quite unique. And that's what that's why Star Wars fans are, get really passionate about certain stories and characters because it's very very specific. 
And I feel like Acolyte is the first step into that really deep lore, deep exploration of of Star Wars, of the Star Wars galaxy. You know, we, we've had a lot of shows, um, I feel, catering to new fans. Disney loves numbers. They love new numbers and they love more numbers. And I think a lot of a lot of that has been fueled by how successful The Mandalorian has been. Uh, bringing back Obi Wan Kenobi, even though I love I loved Kenobi, uh, you know uh, th- that's taking a very famous name and saying, "Hey, everyone, come come look at this thing." You, you, even to the new casual fans, that's really awesome. But I feel like Acolyte is going to be. Uh, of the new kind of TV show era of Star Wars is going to be one of the newer shows that is is deep in Star Wars lore, exploring the Force, exploring the Sith, exploring, uh, you know, the, the, the Jedi. And, and, you know, like we're saying, the period of time is or- already interesting just by itself. It's pre-Phantom Menace. But I think the, the thing that Star Wars fans should be getting excited about is that it's not going to be, well, I'm kind of saying, I'm hoping it's not going to be, uh, you know, the fun shoot or shoot around a cool blaster, flying a cool ship Mandalorian as, as kind of Mandalorian season one was, I think this show is going to be a lot deeper and darker for quite committed fans to, to get into. That's my piece. <laughs> Man, I, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things where I was skeptical to Andor before it, before I watched it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of star Wars, a lot of stuff. And then I watched it and they sold me. I'm, I'm like, boom, amazing, incredible. Um, I have a feeling Acolyte will be that thing as well, where it'll fly under the radar to either me or many people or whatever. And then once we watch it, we'll be like, what? <laughs> you know? I I will say to your point, um, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about Acolyte because there's just so much we don't know. We haven't even seen the trailer. And it's kind of, you know, compared to Ahsoka, which is coming in August to you know, especially Star Wars Visions coming on May the 4th, and like all these things going on in the near future. Acolyte's kind of far out right now. But this celebration was perfect to show it off because, as you as we just said earlier, celebration will be coming for another two years in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, um, Hannah, you mentioned something earlier that I, I want to talk about real quick. They had a Obi-Wan Kenobi panel, a look back at Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, they brought nice. the cast, and they brought a, a Vivian, a Leia. Oh, like, so you know, good. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but like, you know, when when I go on the internet or the press, when they talk about Star Wars these past couple of years, uh, mm-hmm. they, they, I, I just see the, the Mandalorian and Andor. I don't really see Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobi exactly. or Book of Boba Fett. Maybe I see Bad Batch here and there, but I, yeah. I, I got to tell you, like when I think of 2022 for Star Wars, I think of Obi-Wan Kenobi. It will yeah, always have a special absolutely. place in my heart because I love the prequels. I love Ewan McGregor <laughs> and Hayden Christensen. They got, yeah. those two got an incredible response yet again at this year's celebration. That was incredible. Um, but but also because I also remember the experience that we had in Ben's hotel room watching the first two episodes <laughs> right after yeah. the IHOP. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I think it was so cool seeing that panel. Do you have any good memories of Obi-Wan, Ben, outside of the IHOP? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, Obi-Wan was, again, like, it's it's one of those things, like, even if, even if I don't, like, really, really love something as much as I want to, like, it still ends up being, like, something that I, the, just creating memories that I cherish, and Obi-Wan being that we got it at Celebration, and, you know, 
getting to watch it and then talk about it with people and react to it. And we, we got a little bit of a crowd in, in our hotel room. We got as many people as we could and scrammed them in there on that little couch and we watched it and it was fun. And uh, yeah, it's I just- will never forget um, the moment that Temeraria Morrison showed up in the second oh episode, the gasp. <laughs> I heard it first from you, Ben. I heard a gasp from you. And then all of a sudden everybody gasped, 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 gasped. everybody just gasped at the same time right after yeah. Ben. You were our conductor. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I did. I don't remember that. I'm a, I'm a genuine reactor. I didn't, and then I didn't there play was, it up. And then, and, <laughs> and then there were some moments where like Ben was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Or like, you, yeah. you said like little blurbs like that. And it's like, I will, I will say stuff like that. I, I or, I'm it. like, I, I think I'm getting more. Cause I'm t- usually just talking to myself. I'm used to being like, like uh, when, uh, when uh, Grogu was like on his own in the minds of Mandalore and like Din's like incapacitated and like he's like he's trying to rescue his dad and I'm like I'm yelling at my phone like Grogu grab the dark saber grab the dark saber go go get it go get it <laughs> yeah oh man oh, he didn't listen to me by the way <laughs> <laughs> I, he's too heavy for him it's too heavy he's not uh... not anymore <laughs> oh my god yes yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that he's IG-12. Um, oh, it's good. Isn't but it was so cool seeing those like clips of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it just made me remember last year and how like great that time was. And mm. like, I don't know. Obi-Wan Kenobi is well, really yeah, special to me, me. You asked me about my favorite memories and I didn't give you anything. I forgot. <laughs> um, hey, you gave great points, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kind of playing out here. I, I do. I mean, just it was just an amazing experience watching that show. And uh Vivian Lyra Blair, I think, was a highlight of that show, something that I did not expect. Again, watching that first night, I'm like, wait, they're going to Alderaan? What? What is this? We're gonna see Leia. Like they we, kept we all were that all like, we were all like, whoa. Even I right. said, whoa. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right. And just the amount she is so good. And watching parts, I've only seen bits of the, the panel, but like she's so like wise beyond her age like what she is in the show she is in real life like that's her she knows um, the word analogy i don't think <laughs> i learned that word till like so eighth cultured. grade that's so true yeah like yeah what? she's 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 way smarter than all of us combined as an adult like you know just ridiculous yeah. um but like i want like everyone's wanting like obi-wan kenobi season two which i would be more than happy to get but like i just want something else for her to be in it like I want mm. her to show up in Andor or something. I want I want her to do more as Leia. Yeah, I, I definitely think like with the slate of shows that we have, like yeah, let, let, let's run Ahsoka's course and the Filoni show and the and movie and the Ray movie. And I reckon in like three to four years, when she's when when uh, what is she? She's ten, eleven now. You know, wait, wait till she's mm. like fourteen, fifteen, and let's get. Um, I don't know if you guys read the book uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Yes. Let's get a kind of an adaptation of that book um, as, as Leia as a teenager, and and you know discovering what the rebellion is, what her what Bale and Bria do, and and getting more involved. I I would love for yeah in a couple of years Vivian to to return and reprise that role because I think they really got they nailed the casting of this character so well. Yeah, she's exactly ten years old. I just looked it up. Oh, wow. so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's funny. What is and it? it's funny how people like, like even my mom was like, she looks, she looks too old to be like ten. Like she, she, or like she looks too little to be ten. I think. Um, but she's 
That's exactly her age. Mm. You know, I, I just hope that she gets uh, well, well treated by everybody. You know, I don't, I don't want another Jake Lloyd unfor- kind of unfortunate scenario, you know, to happen. And yeah, I, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think lifetime in like prison. That's what I worry any, about for any for any bullying of Li- Vivian Lyra Blair, cyberbullying or otherwise, just put him straight to jail forever. And like we have to, I want to keep this in mind, especially when we have skeleton crew, um, because that's a child cast, right? Oh gosh, yes. I I think you know we mm. should be ever vigilant in you know you know being kind and respectful you know to these people because they're just people, you know, there's kids growing up in a weird world you know um yeah i love the i love the whole thing with like people people will try to justify and say like oh i hate this actor and then like no they they didn't write the scripts let's blame the writer and director i'm like let's just not blame anyone a crime wasn't committed a movie got made that you didn't (laughs) like maybe just get over it I agree. Oh, um, so speaking of Skeleton Crew, I am excited for that show. Nevertheless, um, I think it was confirmed that this show is also in the timeline of The Mandalorian. You know, Favreau and Filoni are executive producers. Vane from Mandalorian in there. Did anybody else see the trailer besides me? Or is that a spoiler? Wait, what? Oh, I've maybe, heard that may, rumor, maybe, but I haven't maybe seen I've, it. Maybe I've said too much. So can, I, can, I, can I say a spoiler? Can I say a spoiler? You're fine. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I've I seen the trailer. Heavily speculated. Um, Vane, well the pirate dude that escaped at the <gasps> end of the Mandalorian episode where Gory and Char went down and he went left, he shows up. In, oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So there, there's a connection. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I'm so sad that um, it's not... Yeah, it's it's not seaweed guy. I I Gorian shot. I I wish he stuck around. I, I actually am a little disappointed. Kale Organa got got blown up. I, I really would have loved to see more of him. I agree. I I just feel so bad with Bail Organa. Like, um, in Rogue One, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna head off to Alderaan." No, no, you didn't. You didn't hear what I said. I said Kale Organa. Son Kale. I'm tired, Ben. <laughs> I knew, I knew by the expression on your faces they didn't catch that. I'm gonna say it again. See, this is this is why I turn my camera on for these recordings, even though this is an audio only podcast. So that credit. you see I got what that from Twitter. I get, I can't take credit for that, unfortunately. <laughs> Seaweed guy. I gotta use that one, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was his official name. <laughs> um, what else do I have on these notes? <laughs> um. And or season two, uh, one way out. I, okay, I love it at Celebration. They had the cosplayers as the prisoners. Yeah. One way out. Oh my! And Andy Circus was doing. Oh my! And then God. they got them all on stage, and and uh, uh, Diego posed was posed with them all. Like that was amazing. Uh, what's your hype level right now for season two? Oh, I'm, I'm through the loop, through the roof. I know Canada doesn't care, but I'm 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 excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I forgot you can see my expression. <laughs> It's like anytime you mention Andor, Hannah's like, oh, uh, that not a not Andor fan. I see. I, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, you see your look, facial expression. No, I'm kidding. Just, <laughs> go look, ahead, Ben. It's it, it, oh, sorry. Ben, go. I'll get, trying, ben will be the positive. He'll be the, find the angel. Something good to say. Like, something yeah. good. Something, something, something dark it's a side. Show. It's made well. 
It's 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 a great production. It's Nicholas Bertel's music, well. the music. Oh my god, Nicholas Bertel. Music's very good. It's I agree. I hope um, he comes. She should come back for season two if he they haven't already announced that. Yeah, they definitely should. Definitely should. But um, yeah, I I'm in the, oddly I'm in that camp of didn't didn't thoroughly enjoy Andor. Um, just not my tonal style. But I definitely appreciate that it's done well and people. You know, I I got very moved by seeing, um, yeah, everyone do the one way out, and you know, Diego, who was was it, Diego and Tony, yeah, Tony Gilroy getting that photo with all the people in the in the cosplays uh, of the prisoners. Uh, yeah, that that was great, and you know, I can very much appreciate that. That's such an awesome part of Star Wars when kind of we all group up and love this thing. Um, but yeah, season two, like I'm, you know what, I I'm more excited for season two than season one. Only because I know they've kind of come out and said some really interesting things about season two that it's going to be, you know, obviously we know the end point of of the of the season, you know, and you know they said that the finale is going to lead right into Rogue One, and right. there's going to be some cool characters in it. So, so I'm I'm actually excited for it to an extent, to an extent, but yeah, definitely not my favorite show. So is it now? But I'm time. glad it's only get two seasons. Yeah, good. Mm. That's good for Hannah. Only two yeah, seasons. Me. <laughs> no <good>. more. <laughs> I uh, well, Ben, is it now time to see finally see K two S O in Andor? I mean, I'll I'll be right along with Hannah, hating it passionately if oh, if if oh. if there's no K two S O in in season two. Okay, because they better. Because like I was disappointed in season one. I'm like, oh, it's it's a it's a K two. <laughs> It, it's a it's a Cassian Andor origin story. It's ridiculous. So um yeah, but I they they've promised apparently K two is coming. So I'm very excited about that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, we'll get more of that Andor juiciest again. That's kind of distant. Kind of oh, it's 2024. That's so far away, right? <laughs> Tony Gilroy dropped an F bomb on Star on Star Wars Celebration. <gasps> oh okay. Wow, I didn't know that, but that's awesome. That seems very it's Tony Gilroy. I, uh, oh yeah, oh, you did say that out of the live stream yet. Yeah, and then I remember um, James Mangold in an indie interview. He said shit, <laughs> and then I think like Carboni was like, "Hey, it's YouTube. Don't worry about it." <laughs> That's canon, though. That's canon. They have to leave that in. And then uh, I, Mangold immediately after was like, oh, "Oh no, I shouldn't have said that." <laughs> he's like, "It's YouTube. Don't worry about it." <laughs> they probably cut it off the live stream. Must be real. Yeah. But <laughs> it was just so funny. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about some animated news. We got a lot of updates mm-hmm. on animated shows. I'm so excited. Or are we? Because after that very sad finale of Bad Batch Season 2, which made us all cry, I know it made me cry, we're going to get a third season, but it's the final season! <laughs> Come on, man. Why, why you got to end the show, man? One less season than Rebels. But it's one more season than Resistance. I guess that's just silver lining. That's true. You got to yeah, got to have the middle ground. You know what? I think this is a natural. I think that's a natural ending spot. I actually think that's actually probably a good decision. I, I've enjoyed the Bad Batch. I, I I've enjoyed it, the stories it's given us, but I do think it, it feels like we're at the midpoint of whatever their story is. To be honest, of season two. So I think it, I feel like it should be a quite a good ending in a final season. I feel like it'll to have a whole season to kind of explain everything and show what happens to the characters. I feel like it's a good natural ending of this show, and I'm, I'm very excited for it. it but will it be a happy ending? That's <laughs> a good point. That is a very good point. It's like the dark times, the rise of the empire. 
What are your thoughts? That, it's, Third? It's, it's, Go it's ahead. It's that awkward Rogue One thing where it's no. like, these characters aren't in what comes after this. <laughs> it's that awkward thing. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, Ben, third and final season, Bad Batch, what do you think? Um, I am, I'm actually in agreement with Hannah here. I think that as much as I've enjoyed the Bad Batch, I think to continue it on into more seasons, season three, four, five, six, which I mean could happen, I feel like season three kind of proved that, um, it can kind of meander a little too much. I appreciate the show when it, a bit more when it's kind of, more focused and i think it really could be a lot i think it's going to be a lot more focused when it comes back i think we're good the, the the there's going to be no like oh we're just living it's like we have to get omega back this is, has to happen and i think that's going to be the through line in this next season i think finishing it off with a big finale i think is going to be great i think having a limited amount of episodes means they have a lot to do and they're going to use every bit they've got to finish it all out i think that's the way to do it and not having any show overstay its welcome i think this is gonna be great and even more so like we've had enough time to enjoy bad batch and get to know it and it's been great now what's next what's the next animated show i'm really curious about that will they bring tech back to life no i don't think so <laughs> i hope this, not God, this I hope one's not. staying down i think very sadly i think he's staying down um, just like not every character have to come back to life like i'm some just laughing just at like stay dead the first thing i see on the internet is oh yeah tech's gonna come back to life easy like what <laughs> it's like an off-screen death like oh, it'll come back you know it's like palpatine somehow he returned <laughs> yeah oh man um, it's like a comic book like nobody dies no but i i, I agree if you like man michelle ang's ong's performance as omega is so good the emotion that Omega had towards Tech's death, and man, like that's so such an expressive performance, and that was incredible. So, you know, it's sort of like, sorry, I'm thinking about Agents of Shield, where they brought Coulson back to life after he died in the Avengers. <laughs> Ten years, spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, it's just like, oh, there's a kind of awkward scenario of, oh, okay, we have this group of people with Shield, but the Avengers don't know about this. And then after like season five or six, they just made it all non-canon anyways. I'm like what? <laughs> because the writers ran out of ideas, but I still love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's still a great show, <laughs> but um, I I hope they don't do that in Star Wars where they like bring a character back to life, but like the characters that that character knows doesn't know. <laughs> and because it, like hmm. you immediately go back to that scene at the end of season two, which was extremely powerful and you go, oh, this has no emotion anymore because I know he survives. Like it ruins that scene. Like you, you, you have to have these emotional moments, these emotional touchstones in Star Wars. And you know, I can, I can forgive like Darth Maul coming back because they did something cool with him, and there wasn't really any like emotional impact that character made at the time. I think he made more of emotional impact when he came back. But they got it. Like some people really need to stay dead. Like I know it's fiction. There's nobody, and maybe he'll come back. But no, no, just let 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 the man rest. I still laugh. We're seeing the behind the scenes of Mando where they where Filoni faked out everybody, and you know, in, instead of Luke coming, they actually had Plo Koon, and that's what the cast like mm. thought it was in the script. And I'm like, that's such a Dave Filoni thing because he loves Plo Koon, and mm. oh my. 
if we had heard beforehand that Plo Koon was coming back, we would be like, oh, yeah, of course. Filoni, Filoni and his, his Plo Koon fetish. Come on. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish it was. Honestly, I really wish it was Plo Koon. <laughs> I mean, it would have looked a lot better. Let's just be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, have true. had a diddl- digitally de-aged Plo Koon. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny to think about. I if Plo Koon or even his species ever came into live action, I definitely think that is a species that would look great as a uh, as um, prosthetic like prop, like physical. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I that, definitely think. Yeah, where's all the Keldor? Where's those guys? Thank you. Yeah, that's the name, Keldor. Um, yeah, boom. Like they they need to come in there. Come on. So speaking of Plo Koon and the Clone Wars era. They had a 15th anniversary panel of the Star Wars The Clone Wars. Okay, mm. we're, we're all getting really old. 15 years? 15 years! Are you kidding me? Back in my day, <laughs> I watched The Clone Wars on Cartoon Network. And in the theaters. <laughs> oh my um, god. Like, okay, that was really cool. I love it. The cast is such a hoot. They're so funny together. Like mm-hmm. Ashley and Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor and Filoni and just I think back to um the the um the Clone Wars the final season panel from um from 2019 and just seeing like the camaraderie that they have and Dave Filoni having his trust tree with the Clone Wars cast or or not or not really not really trusting him for anything. But um it was you know really cool to have that and um they announced that season two of Tales of the Jedi. You know, Dave says yeah. there's going to be more Tales of the Jedi. What if we get a plo- some Plo Koon stories? Yeah, you know what? That could definitely be a possibility. I, th- I think that there is, you know, obviously a lot of Jedi of the time of the prequels and in, even of Clone Wars. Um, but I, I think Plo Koon is quite a notable Jedi to people that are, that are interesting and that have an interesting story. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely think, I definitely think he's up there and, you know, obviously knowing Dave to, to be one of the, one of the characters to have a, a short arc about, um, and I, I, I don't know, I think especially just with the climate of the Ahsoka climate we are going in, um, you know, I think a lot of people will be getting in, getting back into Clone Wars or, you know, becoming new watchers of Clone Wars and, you know, Ahsoka has a quite a very deep connection to Plo Koon. So I think, you know, if they want to flesh out the the character of Ahsoka, which uh, I feel like they've been doing for 20 years, but they can still do with this new show. 15! Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, I... um, <laughs> actually, true, it is, it is only 15. 15th um, anniversary, yeah, that was the panel yeah, that they yeah. had. Yeah. It would really be cool if we got a flashback in Ahsoka with, like, her getting picked up by Plo Koon. That'd be pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, can I just say that it feels like all the big ticket cameos were not in Mandalorian season three. They're in Ahsoka, like the big yes. ticket characters that we know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate the fact that Mandalorian has not tried to top itself with cameos. Like, <laughs> like it, it did them all in season two. And like, okay, we got, we got all those out of, out of our system. We got Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Luke Skywalker, all of them out of our system at once. Um, we're just going to focus on the story now. And I think that was great. Other than just like, yeah. oh my God, here's clone Palpatine. And Ian McDermott is clone Palpatine. He's in Mando season three. And, and, you know, and I- Grogu's got to kill him. I do want like Mando season four to, I want that 
connection of like, you know, with Snoke and Palpatine, I want one of those characters or both of those characters. I want some connection because, you know, I wasn't, you know, I guess we're going to talk about Mandalorian really quick or for a bit, Um, like seeing that shadow council and seeing Hux's dad and, you know, seeing Pelion and the Praetorian guards and Mm. just to see, like, like I said, at the top of the episode, us sequel trilogy fans are eaten are eating some pretty big Thanksgiving meals because, oh my God, like yummy. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I want, I kind of dream of that like connection with the sequel trilogy. Like what if we see a young Ben Solo that might be stretching it a bit for Mandalorian, but um, I mean, just what we're, we've been, what we have gotten is already huge, but like, man, I I've always kind of wondered that sort of connection with the sequel trilogy. I would be, I don't know, because there was that rumor about Book of Boba Fett that Han Solo was going to show up DH, <laughs> and that didn't happen. I'm glad. Bob Banff was that Han Solo type, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, yeah, the DH, Harrison Ford, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I'm really excited for. I really want to see that movie, man. <laughs> but, um, Oh man, I I don't want to talk too much about Mando just because um well at the time of recording we hadn't we haven't seen chapter twenty-four. Well it'll be outdated in yeah. twenty-four hours. It'll be out I mean is this like uh when we had that celebration episode last year, Ben, where like it was right before the Bad Batch panel, so we hadn't seen the trailer. <laughs> right. And I had to like edit it like at one AM just to get it out. <laughs> but um <laughs> I it's I still think you know it's what we've had so far Mando season three I can see why people are disappointed I can see it you know like like I told you last month on hype function Ben like you cannot top Luke Skywalker they almost they pretty much jumped the shark when they did that in my opinion because you're going to the point where you know it's sort of like Obi Wan Kenobi if Darth Vader you know the Obi Wan Kenobi show you cannot top that and I think. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think that it's a good reason why they're not making another Obi-Wan Kenobi season, even though I really want it. Um, and two, I understand why some folks may be disappointed with The Mandalorian season three. But that disclaimer aside, oh man, we, we've been eating. Oh man, Mandalorian's been so good. It's so <laughs> fascinating that Katie Sackhoff is a co- is starring with Pedro Pascal as like a main, you know, primary character in the show. Right. That is incredible seeing Mandalore and seeing all these Mandalorian factions um, getting at it and seeing the relationship, you know, it's different than the old days of just Mando and Grogu going on a father son adventure. It's very different than that. And part of me misses that, but man, it's so good seeing this season, seeing Moff getting in his badass dark trooper costume. Oh man. So good. Um, Mm. So you can tell I get hyped about things, Hannah. This is just how it goes. I just get excited. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like, if you were to Not look back oh, from, like, our limited perspective compared to how we'll feel in, you know, 30 hours from now, um, I'm mm. number one, I'm very excited to hear your SWU podcast on Thursday because I'm, um, I can't wait to hear your opinions. But also, if you were to look back on season three of Mandalorian, like, what would your best educated guess be of like, you know, how you would think of the legacy of this season? Um, uh, I think, I think this season three, uh, has, has been a very interesting, uh, evolution of the Mandalorian story. Um, I, I think 
they you can definitely feel uh through this season the creator john whoever you know producers going we should have added an s on the end of this show so it was a plural of many mandalorians because i think honestly i think a very fascinating story is that of mandalore we got we got a lot about this planet in clone wars we know a lot about it in in law eu like it's just it's such a big planet talked about and and the people of it is very fascinating you know you know the mandalorian people is almost on the level you got the jedi sith mandalorian it's almost that level of just how important it is to the galaxy so you could definitely tell that they're expanding this was this was a very different season that it was expanding kind of uh the breadth of the show and who it encompasses the the experience of the armor of the you know children of the watch of uh you know axe wolves wolves or whatever his name is in that <laughs> group it's it's really expanding to the people of mandalore and the mandalorian planet uh which i felt like was a natural uh continuation from season two i think you know everyone expected to come to mandalore this season um but i i definitely think they're i i, I think i will say for, for a two-year gap i thought the the writing and book of Boba Fett. a little better oh yeah book of Boba Fett. oh yeah lol forgot that <laughs> forgot that um i ju- i just thought the the writing of it was was going to be a just a little um of a different quality and of a different uh way um but, but you know what it's been an interesting season they they've expanded into places i didn't think they'll go it's been very interesting and i've, I've enjoyed a lot of elements but I have to say, I actually didn't enjoy a few elements of this season. Uh, you know, it, it, it's very much a departure from what was season one and two. Ben Hart, the Mandalorian guy. I did not just ad lib that, but I... <laughs> how you feeling, <laughs> so Ben? I, I think that the legacy of this season will be of a transitional period for this show in this era. I feel like there's very obvious signs that things have changed in the writing of this show and the production of the show and how it's being constructed. And it's not just it's, the first two seasons were very obviously just it's Din and Grogu off on adventures and they have the end point. They got to go find a Jedi. Like that was the show. Now they're telling a much, much bigger story since since Book of Boba Fett. Um, and that's things i think it's had some growing pains it has not been without his bumps in the road but i've not it's not been without my own criticisms of what's kind of what's been happening i think john favreau's writing is let's just say straining under the weight of what they're trying to do here i'm not saying i hate it i'm just saying that um i do wish he would collaborate more with other people just saying but I think he's done some good work with some maybe some questionable decisions along the way. But I mean, it's shaping up to be, yeah, it's going to be controversial because there's some wild stuff in the season. Okay. There's some crazy episodes. Um, there was a couple episodes ago with Jack Black and Lizzo. Oh. Like, come on. Like, that was, that was designed to like split everybody up and, um, have people have some hot takes on it. Like, so, you know, not everyone was going to love that episode anyway. I'm sorry. That was, I loved Jack Black and him, but that was immersion breaking for me. Jack Black is yes. too well known. Is? 
Yeah, I, I, and I think he's. That, that I mean, it's effect. a bold move. Yeah, very bold, bold move. Very, yeah. Can I? I can I just say, like, you know, we mentioned the three movies earlier. We had neglected to discuss the fact. You know, we have all these Mando side stories and spinoffs. The Dave Filoni film is going to be the the basically it will the culmination of all of these Mandalorian adventures of Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, you know, Book of Boba Fett, and this is going to apparently be the culmination and possibly the conclusion to the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it the Mandoverse, and that you know, you talk about the scale of this, Ben. This is such a, it, scale just keeps growing, and you have all these other shows going on. And, you know, you have Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew take place in the same timeline. But what do you think? It might be too early to speculate about this Dave Filoni movie, but, I mean, it's still fascinating. I mean, you all spent like half of last week's SWU podcast discussing it. It's a big deal. Mm. And, yeah, like, it's, I think it still hasn't settled in that, like, you know, I remember when one of the Disney executives, Alan Horn, who isn't there anymore, but... uh this was like late 2019. It's like, yeah, we should definitely have a Mandalorian movie. That'd be, you know, that'd be pretty good for Disney to do. And I guess technically we're going to get it. And I just, do we have an inkling of what this will look like yet? Or is it just, there's just too much we don't know at this point. I mean, or just, just the thought of a Mandalorian film, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of build up and, and maybe, Maybe that's why this season was the way it was is because they're picking things into high gear and they're saying, okay, we have a deadline to me. The movie, we don't know when it's going to come out, but they probably have an idea of when they want to come out. And they're probably already working on that script and getting stuff together and they have an endpoint. Um, and that's why I actually think that movie's kind of got to happen because the Mandalorian keeps chugging along and eventually there's got to be an endpoint or at least a climax to what the storyline we've got now. So, and that's going to have a, a time timestamp on it. So like that movie can't be canceled. It can't be shelved. It kind of has to happen. Mm. So I think going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how I think it goes forward on the fire in regards to storylines and characters and stuff like that. I'm going to fully introduce Thrawn, obviously, and do all a bunch of stuff. And we don't know what that's going to do. And then apparently seasons four and five of the Mandalorian are already written. So we're going to see about that. But I just heard um, season four. Yeah. I did mean. not hear about season five. <laughs> I, so, I heard they confirmed something. it was happening. Maybe. Yeah. Written. I don't know. Wow. That, I just, I, it's just crazy that I, season four no. is already written. Mm. Which to be, to me now seeing season three, like my main criticism of season three is like how it's written. Like I felt like it's just it felt very afterthought to me of a lot of some of the storylines of the season. So I'm like, how does he have like four and possibly five written when I felt like this was quite a thin story? Like I felt like this could have been uh, fleshed out a lot more. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, in regards to the Filoni movie, I, I definitely think. My my biggest bet for the equation of this movie will be the Thrawn's the villain. We got to take him down. I'm pretty sure that's gonna that's like my only thing I'm betting on that's definitely gonna happen. Um, in the uh, in the blue guy, kill him. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's that's the that's the plot line. Blue guy, let's let's go get him. And it's just gonna be be a team up of all the heroes that are left. Uh, <laughs> when we get to that movie, so hyped to see Thrawn. Oh my god. 
and to see Hera and Chopper. Oh my God, Ahsoka! It's in August, which like it's close, but it yeah, it feels so far away. There's like right. a, you know, August is like four months from now, I think, if I'm doing my math right, and like. It's so interesting because it makes sense. They're having an Indiana Jones film. They got to promote. It's like what happened of Willow late last year. But, um, oh, my God, I, I'm so excited. And then before we go to our final segment, um, I guess there's a couple, just two or three more things I want to talk about real quick or uh, as or as much as we want to. Um, but first off, did you guys We're have any, like... We're going to cover everything. Everything in the known Star Wars universe. I... I, I I should go to Galaxy's Edge. I want to go back there, man. <laughs> and spend all my money. Take my money, Disney. <laughs> oh man, I man, it's so cool making a lightsaber. But anyways, um, so what did do y'all have like a con- con- conclusory or like some sort of like culmination of Star Wars Celebration London 2023? Just like have any like final thoughts? Anything else you want to say about it? I mean, there, I was surprised that. It, there was just a lot announced. I was expecting it to be like Celebration Germany earlier, like it was going to be some minor thing that you know they they make a couple announcements here and there, but not much. But no, they made like they they made a lot of announcements, and it was a reflection of the mass amount of Star Wars content that we've been getting from for Disney Plus and other you know platforms. And so I was pleasantly surprised, as even though I feel it's t- too soon since Celebration Anaheim, I still kind of get that feeling. Where it just feels like it was last week and we were all there in LA. But even so, like right. I think that's really cool. Um, uh, my my buddy Eric Wall Jr. went there and that was he went to London. Oh my God. Yeah. And then like, you know, Chris Abbott, Star Raptor, um, you know, Dominic Jones and them. Like I, I hope to have some of them on this podcast in the future. I want to hear their perspectives as well. I, I just love that Dominic was so tired that he didn't even show up to the SWU last week. <laughs> He he had a crazy journey. Dad like, bomb. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll get into it, but uh, like if he comes on the podcast. But he, yeah, what was it, Ben? He he flew in at like at six a.m. or eight a.m. and then he worked at midday that same day. Oh god, it was right. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, seven hour flight, and then he worked a couple hours later until eight p.m. that night. Like it was nuts. So yeah, I think he's he's still recovering. <laughs> it's over a week ago. He's still recovering. But yeah, final thoughts about celebration. What a what a beautiful four days! Incredible announcements. They weren't just kind of things happening. They they were announcements. They were big big announcements. And uh, I I really love to see Ray back. Uh, Daisy back as Ray. I think she's going to be incredible. I think I'm really excited for that story they're going to tell. Um, Ahsoka trailer was fantastic, and I think that was. It was the perfect thing to drop and, you know, the excitement and buzz around it is insane. I made a tweet about this actually the other day that the Mandalorian season three trailer, which, you know, Mandalorian, most popular Star Wars thing in the past, like four years, fair, like pretty much, right? right. Um, Only got 7 million views on the, on the season three trailer where Ahsoka got 10 million in, you know, in about a week span. That's insane. So it's it's in, in just it was such a buzz seeing that trailer and everyone talking about it. And it was just so exciting. And I think, you know, it, I, I love seeing Ewan and Hayden talk. I love seeing Ian McDermott talk. I think it was just such a fun celebration. We got so much just fun, pe- you know, as, as much as the announcements, we got so much fun interaction uh, from 
from the panels and, and people talking. So yeah, what a great celebration, even just to experience online. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, um, I I mean it's just a amazing time. I mean, it really, it, it, it bugs me to no end that you go online and see people like actually are angry about Star Wars. Like, how could you be angry about anything at this point? We have so many things to look forward to, so many things to be excited about, um, and it really there's something for everyone. Like you're a Clone Wars fan, there's there's more Tales of the Jedi. You're an EU fan. Thrawn's gonna be in live action later this year. Like if you're a sequel fan, and everyone, all the fan service, all the fans are being serviced. No one has anything to complain about. Yet we still complain. Why? Why? <laughs> That's just how it goes sometimes. Um but speaking of Star Wars things going on in the near future, there are a lot of them. Um, and I think that's what this next segment is all about, is getting excited about the future. It is time for the Hype Factor. This is the Hype Factor segment where we talk about what we are most excited about. And I believe it or not, there's just a lot going on. We got Star Wars Jedi Survivor on April 28th. I pre-ordered it. I, you know, a proud pre-order. I'm so excited to play it. Um, and I and I hope that um Hannah and Ben will be able to play it in some respects. Um one day. I mean just you also one have day. Star Yeah, yeah, one day, Ben. Uh, you have Star Wars Visions coming out on May the 4th. We have a Star Wars Day coming in. That's insane to me. Like there's you know, Indiana Jones coming out and Ahsoka. There's so many things. But if I had to choose one. Has to be Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I'm sorry. I, I just I loved Jedi Fallen Order so much. And Jedi Fallen Order came out at a crazy time. It was during you know the Mandalorian season one and the rise of Skywalker. Like there and Battlefront two had their updates still going on. I miss that. I, I miss that game. I we need another Battlefront, but that's just my opinion. Um, but I Jedi Survivor. I, I'm so excited from what they've shown from you know the new moves and of course. I'm sure they'll have a poncho. Yeah, they got a pon- have a poncho for, <laughs> yeah, for, Cal- for my boy Cal Kestis. But uh, like the cast is incredible. You know, Respawn and EA have done a great job with that, with those games. And, you know, considering a couple of years ago, Respawn announced that they're making a wide slew, whole slew of Star Wars games, like a strategy game and like another like shooter. Like I'm very excited to see what will happen with what Respawn's going to do. And Jedi Survivors just put one of them. I think... If I remember correctly, I feel like Stig Asmussen said the, the director of the game said that it's going to be a it's designed to be a trilogy. Did I hear that right? I I feel like I've heard I that somewhere. I feel like that's a thing. That, yeah. 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 So I, if that's the case, this game might be dark. But I don't know how you can top last game being the ending being at Fortress Inquisitorius and having Mister the Dark Lord of the Sith himself. We'll see right. what they do. I, I like how you were going to call him Mr. Mr. I, I, I thought Mr. Vader, but I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Nobody that in the world has ever fun. said that. <laughs> Mr. Vader. Hey, Mr. Hello, Mr. Vader, sir. Hello, Mr. Oh, Vader. Lord please do not forsook me, Mr. Vader, sir. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. All right. So, uh, Hannah Rayside, what yes. is your hype factor? My hype factor. You're is... most excited about. 
I feel terrible for saying this because I, Ahsoka is one of, if not my favorite, favorite character in Star Wars. And I cannot believe we're getting a show about her. But I, but I gotta say, I'm really excited for Acolyte. I think it's going to be one of the shows similar to Andor with a lot of people that, you know, they're going to go, oh yeah, Acolyte's coming. And then when it's going to come out, it's going to be great. I think it's going to be so force filled and the lightsabers and battles. And they've already talked about how much combat training they've had to do, how much stunt choreography they've had to do with lightsabers, uh, which is just getting me so excited. I think, you know, we've had a lot of stories that aren't about Jedi, uh, you know, Mandalorian, Dinjar, and we've had Cassian Andor, we've had lots of non-Jedi stories. I'm really ready for a Jedi, Jedi story, even though Ahsoka will be before Acolyte and that will be, a Jedi story. Actually, no, well, she's not technically a Jedi. Anyway, that's another discussion. <laughs> um, but I think Acolyte will be just such a force-filled show that I'm so ready uh, to, to see. So I, I think that's my that's my hype. That's where it's going. That's where my heart's telling me. That's that's a good one. Yeah. You heard my thoughts earlier about the Acolyte. Um, I think for me, it'll just go on under the radar and it'll hit me like a brick wall like Andor did. <laughs> be like, oh, shoot, right. this, is the, this is so cool, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still, I'm still chuckling at the Mr. Vader flub. <laughs> Mr. Vader. <laughs> Would you like a tray? <laughs> in the He's Death like, Star right, canteen. He, he writes it on the chalkboard at the start of the day, Mr. Vader. Oh, or, so do you know who I am? <laughs> okay, Ben Hart, the Star Mr. Wars. I'm just no, no, I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing Mr. Rogers neighborhood style, Mr. Oh, Vader's Mr. Vader's neighborhood. <laughs> it's a dark oh. day in the neighborhood. Oh my God. Make it as lighthearted as Ben's connection corner. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vader's corner. My hype factor. <laughs> yeah, what's your hype factor, Ben? <laughs> um okay, so I'm gonna bring this full circle. Um and back my, my hype factor revolves around the Mandalorian, being that we're coming up on things. And I, I really have been enjoying Mandalorian has quickly become like one of my favorite things. In all of Star Wars. And but my hype factor is also revolves around utter spite. I have I have been so enjoying how the Mandalorian going into this, people seemingly genuinely online have been all about oh John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they're going to retcon the sequel trilogy. They're gonna they're gonna wipe it from canon. They're gonna do a thing. And at every step of the way this season, they have destroyed those people's <laughs> hopes and dreams. And I am here for it. I am here to crush their little dreams. And it's absolutely problem. They're so quiet now. You notice all those YouTubers, <laughs> all those idiots out there, like, oh, John Favreau, they, they, like Ray Palpatine. They're all quiet now. They're all shutting up because they know they're idiots finally. And it's just been so <laughs> great to see. And uh, I just thought it all culminated with those Praetorian guards coming out and killing Pazavizla. Like, I hate to see Pazavizla go, but man, it was great to see. Did see you know? Praetorian guards. They, they actually they actually mentioned the Praetorian guards during the Shadow Council meeting. They did. They yeah. named Moff, right Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon asked I, for Praetorian guards. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then I read uh, I read a spoiler earlier that mentioned Praetorian guards. I'm like, there's no way they're gonna have Praetorian guards in this show. That's crazy. And then uh, they did. I was glad to be wrong. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just dad. loving all. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving all the sequel love. I'm loving all the connections. I'm loving that they this story knows exactly what it's doing. 
Favreau, for for all his flaws, knows what he's doing, knows that he's leading up to Seal Trilogy, and he's doing everything he can to make it all cohesive. You know, like, like I said, like I've been saying throughout this whole podcast, like us sequel trilogy fans are really eating these big meals, man. We are having, also, we got the big turkey. I've, I've also very much enjoyed just pissing off the haters on the Star Wars World account um, recently. Yeah, oh, I've been, I've been uh, following it, those tweets, Ben. Those are so fun. Ben, you've it's, been doing that. You've been doing that for barely over 13 years, Ben. This ain't new for you. I know, but it's been kicked in, it's kicked in a high gear recently. I've banned so many people in the past week. It's been hilarious. <laughs> I, uh, Ever the fun troll and the band hammer is Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. social media master. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, right. I, yeah, I just love the sequel trilogy. And um, yeah, before we end the show, um, gotta do some plug in Hannah Ray side, you got the Ray side, SWU. Um, as, as Sean Evans says on Hot Ones. Let the people know what you got going on in your life. I love that. I love that. I start just talking about my personal life, what I'm doing today. Some people do that when they're eating hot wings and they're like sweating beyond belief. But uh, no, uh, where can we yes. follow you? Where can we listen to your podcasts and shows? Absolutely. You can you can check me out over at the race side on, uh, on YouTube. I live stream multiple times a week. Um, whether, you know, we're in the show season. So for the past quite a few months now, we've been doing reviews of shows. Uh, but after the show, uh, period is over for Star Wars, we'll be, we'll be making some cool stuff, uh, some, making some, uh, Lego sets, building some things, doing some Star Wars cooking. We'll be having a lot of fun. Uh, the variety of activities we do over on the race side. Uh, and yeah, so you can follow that at, at the race side. So that's R A E. And no, it's not after Ray Skywalker. It's it's literally my name. Um, so <laughs> I get that so often. You don't understand how often I get that. <gasps> but hey, you may not um, be you may not be Ray, but you'll replace Anthony Carboni. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, it, it's the Tony. Same you better be shaking in your boots. <laughs> you can you can follow me at the race as well on on Twitter and Instagram as well. I. Uh, yeah, post some little nuggets of, of videos over there uh, every so often as well. But, Your Instagram uh, yeah, videos are really Instagram videos are really good. I I thoroughly enjoyed them. They're, enjoying, yes. they're awesome. I'm, I'm ramping those up, so appreciate that. Good stuff. Good, yeah. uh, ben Hart, the Star Wars guy, um, the the podcaster who podcasts every single day and never takes a break from podcasting and barbecue. <laughs> Let the people yeah. know what you got going on in your life, Ben. Yeah, never, never take a break ever. Um, this is my life. I, I do nothing else. Um, yeah, this will be this will this will be first of many podcasts this week. I just first of two. Okay, I'm not I'm not that busy. Um, so um, yeah, this has been fun, and uh, yeah, you can follow me at Ben Hart with no E on the social medias. I occasionally post stuff uh, very occasionally these days um but uh and then you can go check out the star wars underworld podcast network which hosts the the race side the star wars Underworld podcast where me and hannah are and uh yeah a bunch of other stuff that's going on it's crazy um and uh then you can also i guess you could check out ipc um, we are supposed to be. I actually have to message Zach. We need to. We need to do another episode. It's. It's like if we're halfway through the this month. We need to do another episode. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. So that's going to be happening. And then uh, yeah, culture's like too. 
I always love hearing uh, um, Zach's viewpoints in the world of entertainment. And, you know, like he's he's been busy. You know, the Arlington Renegades have been playing in the XFL, like his team. You know, yeah, and so seriously. it's, yeah. I man, I gotta have Zach back on, man. I missed the I missed the fella. <laughs> do the do a do a thing with all three of us. That'd be fun. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm just grateful to have Hannah finally on here for the first time. Yeah, like I'm amazing. sorry that it took this long for me to reach out to you, but um oh but yeah, you can listen to hype function on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. We I put them on almost every pretty much everything. So they're, the, they're over on uh oh uh, uh, what what do I listen to pod pod uh podcast pocket cast is what I listen to podcasts on and it's on there too. What? I believe it is on there. Yeah, we're on a lot of services, so you know feel free to check out Hype Function there. Um, as far as social media goes, um, I guess you know I'm Jeffrey White on Facebook. Um, I have an Instagram as well. Yeah, so that should just about do it. This is a monthly podcast talking about Star Wars, superhero films, video games, music, or whatever whatever me and my guests are passionate about. And that's what it's all about. Um, is there anything, you know, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Ben, very much for being on this episode. Is there anything you both would like to say before we go? I can't wait for this finale. You know, we haven't, we're all very calm now having this wonderful Star Wars chat, but you know, I think in like what we're saying in just over 24 hours, our minds are going to be blown. I think with the, with the Mando finale. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm preparing. Let's, let's all prepare. If you got your flowers and your, 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 uh, your, your, your dark clothing for the funeral of Din Djarin. Can't wait. No, don't. Okay. When you guys said that last week, I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Why would they kill off Din? the vibe it's just what? A no. little bit of a vibe. i don't <laughs> what's wrong with happen. you i was this yelling storm. at like i was yelling at my computer screen when when like y'all were saying this i'm like what are you talking about why would they or what it, or, or, no, no actually um they're gonna use the mind flare on him he's gonna forget everything oh, forget no. Grogu. yeah that'll be terrible oh my god they're gonna Look, um... if we say it out loud see, see everything i predict i never get a prediction right so when i say stuff i'm like okay that's not gonna happen so i'm saying it now so it doesn't happen this is reverse psychology i will you be but de- what will your reaction on thursday be when they if they do that if they actually do kill him off? i mean i already said it i'm not gonna be there okay <laughs> i'm going into exile i will i will i will retire I'm gonna from go to octo i'm done <laughs> <laughs> gonna go to Octo if Din dies. Oh man! So on that hey, note, Hannah oh. comes. Hannah comes. She she travels halfway across the galaxy, <laughs> holding a microphone, holds yeah, it out. Hold the mic. I take it, throw it off my shoulder. <laughs> go away! Din died. <laughs> and then, and then you need your uh, who's the equivalent of the Jedi Master? Do we consider Dominic your master? <laughs> I feel like Dom. I feel like Dom's Dom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good good thing. He shows up as a Force ghost. Green Force Ghost. And then hits you with a stick. <laughs> oh, yeah, like you did at Galaxy's Edge. Mine, mine, or I will help you not. Oh, yeah, Dominic thought he was so funny. He thought he was the funniest person. He was just like, oh, look at this. He, get, he gets the light. Like, Okay, I got to explain this. He True story, Hannah. Light. He grabs the light that's from the, the that Luke has on Dagobah that, that Yoda uses. And he's like, oh, oh, and he fights Yartu over it. They have that light as a 
prop that you can buy it. And Dominic goes to everyone in the party when we're in Doc Ondor. She's like, hey, look at this. And he goes, no, mine is starts beating you with a stick. Like every time. I'm like, <laughs> he thought he was so funny. And yeah, it that was is pretty funny. funny. That is good. That's and cool. yet we're talking about it like over three years later. <laughs> Okie dokie. Stay hyped, everybody. There we go.